Hey everyone, and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from Mailfoot TV. I am Peter, and I am joined on the special mid San Diego Comic Con 2017 edition by Matt. Hey, feeling terrific. Uh, Connor's here as well. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say it's that special. It's just it's just another Comic Con. It is, although we actually had a decent amount of comment news, uh, so we'll yeah, talk about that. Yeah, that's true. It's a, a surprising amount. It's actually, I, I was sitting there actually just before uh, you came on, Carters. I actually think it's quite smart how they made a point of announcing all of their comics news on Thursday and Friday, because today, Saturday, is going to be dominated by all the movie news, because all the movie panels are today. So I thought that was actually quite smart yeah, to separate let's them. Yeah, at least have that 24-hour news cycle yeah. to the comic stuff. Yeah, so that's, that's nice. But yeah, so, so we're going to talk about all the news from Comic-Con, uh, DC-related, uh, that came out in the last couple of days, uh, as well as solicits came out this week. Uh, I've been a bit more selective this time as to what we actually talk about, just because there's so much other news that I didn't want to like, bog down in all the usual part ones. But there's a few things there that are actually kind of new, and a few things that are uh, just just not as expected, whereas most of the part ones are just kind of ignored, because, well, it's just, you know, oh, Green Arrow's on trial, of course he's on trial, but I've been building to that for Issues and issues and yeah. months and months yeah. and so uh, so we got that. Obviously, we're going to talk about this week's DC books, including and entirely Batman number twenty-seven, Superman twenty-seven, Green Arrow twenty-seven, Green Lanterns twenty-seven, Nightwing number twenty-five, Batwoman number five, Super Sons number five, Trinity number eleven, and making a return to the show is Aquaman with number twenty-six because I caught up uh, since the last issue, uh, so I'll be talking about that. Just myself. I, I, I started catching up. Oh, did you? But I, I couldn't bring myself to just go from where I'd left it because it had been so long, so I had to start over. <laughs> so I, I got through, like, to issue seven, seven. I got past where I was before. Okay, cool. By, like, one issue. So issue 27, I might have someone to talk to about it. That's nice. You might, yeah. Cool. That's nice. Yeah, I just finished Rucka's first Wonder Woman. As did I. Oh. I did that this week as well, Matt. Yeah, I swear so... I'm going to read it at some point. Which it's means just, now I have uh, to go buy book two, which recently was released. I, I am going to hold off. I'm going to dart around different things. I've, I've got. I need no. to go back and finish fifty two. I need. I need. I I've mean, got some, you say that, but there's a nice little, you know, buy one get one free sale on Comixology right now. I've already bought like four things. I'm trying to like stop myself from going. <laughs> Let me all just out. tell the viewers that uh, Pete wakes up every week knowing when the sales are. It's like his own personal alarm clock. Every week, it's in the not an alarm hey, clock. Sale. I, I just, I just happen to know that the sales always start at eleven p.m. Eastern on a Monday night, Tuesday night, Monday night. I, yeah. I just, I happen, I just happen to know that. So I just, it's just a habit. I always check. Oh, what new sales are yeah. up? Like, I just have a look. It, it does feel like every week you're there going, "Hey guys, yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a sale. I'll, I'll, I'll go. Really disappointing sale this week." <laughs> Yeah, get that every so often. <laughs> it cracks me up. Let's keep an eye on it. Okay, it just—it's basically, you know, when I started playing games on PC, there was an addiction to Steam sales, but they got kind of shit after a while. So this has kind of replaced the Steam sales for me, where I'm like, oh, what cheap trades can but I get now, this but week? But now you've got one every week. Consumerism is run rampant. Yeah, as a bit, as a bit. Buying things you don't need—that is a uh, first world problem. Yeah. Since yeah, but... people that you don't care about. <laughs> I've, I've seen sales, sales are the best. Sales are the best. Sales are the best. I got I got a couple of the uh, thick Nightwing trades, and I got I got the first two uh, Supergirl from the two thousands series. So I'm cutting myself off there. I am really tempted to because it's because buy one get one free. The, the base price still matters because when they do a regular sale, everything all gets yeah. cut down. 
Yeah. Whereas they're still just half of what the full price is, and some of the later trades are more just expensive. Pair it up more. You know, they'll be yeah. a bit clever. I, I paired up all the, the, the cheapest ones, you know, thinking, oh, that's closest to what the regular sale prices are. Uh, Wonder Woman 2 by Rucka is a lot more expensive, but it's the same price yeah. as the first Mark Wade Flash. So if I was going to pair that up with something, that would be the the pair. Yeah. I'm just, uh, I'm trying to be strong and just wait for their cheap, that, that's, cheaper. That, that's the real problem with the, the buy one, get one free sales. They're, they're not quite It has to be good. equal or lesser value. Yeah. Yeah. You know? oh. right, so it feels like a hit to take the, you know, the, the, the more expensive trade, but pair it with a che- cheaper. I was like, no, I'm not getting my full, my full discount with that. I need to. Right. Exactly. So. <laughs> I was not expecting to spend a couple of minutes talking about that, but there we go. Uh, so yeah, let's get into some uh, comics news. Uh, I'll, I'll forgo the the small talk because I mean that was basically the small talk there. Uh, mm-hmm. But um, let's get into some of the the, the big big news. Uh, so first up, Jeff Lemire is returning to Ooh. DC. Jeff Jeff Lemire. Oh yeah. That, that That's guy, a name I haven't heard in quite some time. That that guy who, uh, well, he was he was exclusive at Marvel for a couple of years there, but before that, he was uh, pretty well known for doing a, a pretty good run on Animal Man in the New Fifty Two. Yeah. He's also done some feel Justice things like that. Obviously, he's done a lot of uh, original stuff as well. He did Sweet Tooth, also, which was really good. My my yeah, my favorite New Fifty Two series, his Green Arrow run, mm. yep. like by far with Sorrentino. Also, it, it cracks me up that when he went to Marvel. He had two number one issues of Hawkeye within three months, and yeah. I was just like, "Not, not a good, not a good look, bro." No, no. So not like I, that, I'm glad he's home. I'm a big fan. Like one of his uh, independent works is is my favorite comic of all time. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy to which have is, more from him. Yeah, which Underwater is Welder. Do you know go. I have that it, on my comicsology waiting to be read? I still not read it. I believe so, that's a Vertigo book, right? He did that for Vertigo. No, I think it's Top Shelf. Top Shelf, okay. Hmm. I don't remember seeing the Vertigo logo on the top. Oh, obviously, else. obviously, right now for Dark Horse, he currently does a uh, Black Hammer. That's his sort of yeah. current indie darling, if you will. So that's he likes. Getting a, that's yeah. he's getting a spin-off as well, isn't it? Yeah, he's, yeah. he's expanding that. He's, he's basically doing what they did to Hellboy with you know adding in the BR, BPRD. So it's yeah. kind, of, kind of that idea well, that he's going for. But also the villains too from this world, which now I have to get caught up on that. But we know that he likes weird teams. Like that's what he did. He did. He does. Frankenstein and the Agents of Shade. And even on the the Justice League United or Justice League of Canada, he had some odd you know pairings that we weren't used to. And it's kind of his his gig. No, it's funny because oh. I I do think his superhero work typically isn't as good as his non superhero work. And by that, I'm not including Black Hammer in that. I'm I'm just thinking the the properties. But the one that does stand out that a lot of people love, although maybe his Renato run, is Animal Man. And a big part yeah. of that Animal Man run, and I think the reason why it works so well with him, is partly because it is kind of an obscure character that's different from all the, the rest of them. But it's also mm-hmm. because it's a family book. It's, it's very much about him and his family, with his wife and kids, yeah. and it's, it's got that kind of family focus. Yeah. So when you tell me, when you announce, and this is basically a giant middle finger to Marvel, I, I, I can't even, not just from Lemire himself, but from DC as a whole, because what they announced was a new book called The Terrifics, which is a family book consisting of four characters. Uh, before I tell you who the characters are, I'm just going to describe them, right? I'm just going to sort of right. use descript- describing words, right? So you've got four characters, family-focused. You've got a scientist, a stretching man, a brute with a physical disfiguration, and a woman who can become intangible. What does that sound like? Well, it sounds like a team that happens to be fantastic, and there's four of them. 
Oh, it's so good. I love it so much. Um, yeah. So the terrific. So the cast of this is going to be Mr. Terrific. Obviously, where he gets his name. Mm-hmm. But even even there, Mr. Terrific, Mr. Something else. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. You know, you've got that. You've got a stretchy character. Although I'd say Terrific's more the fantastic sort of link yeah, up so, the yeah. character. But, You're in two for one, but you also when you get to Metamorpho, he kind of fills the thing, Torch. Yeah, both thing and Torch. Two. So you get Metamorpho, yeah. you get Mr. Terrific, you get Phantom Girl, uh, who's from the Legion of Superheroes, ah! which I know Matt's... <laughs> yeah, Here's which excitement. I didn't realize, I, I in my head filled in Phantom Lady from the Freedom Fighters, because that's also like one of her things, is she can go intangible. Mm. So it wasn't until talking with Pete, he was like, no, that's Phantom Girl, not Lady. I was like, "Oh man, it's <laughs> I'm happening." I'm pretty sure some of the, uh, the 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 news articles refer to her as Phantom Lass, which well, that could be because either way, you get a lot of that in the Legion. Yeah, you that's have, fair. like Light Lass and and Lightning Lad and and all this. So, I mean, I'm not super you know. familiar with her, but whenever I've heard about her, it's always been Phantom Girl. So, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually kind of like her origin. She's from a planet that's. Uh, they think is a part of the Phantom Zone. I actually think that's a really yeah. cool idea. Um, and obviously, hence the, the name. Um, Power. And you also uh, have Plastic Man as the fourth one. He's the stretchy yeah, Yellow, one. Yellow Brian. But he has more the attitude of, say, a Johnny Storm. He has that more sort of it's, wisecracking It's sort of like thing. Pete said. It's almost like Glimmer's like, oh, so I spent two years at this place. Um, they never let me do it. They never let me. So, do you know, hey, I, I, I wonder if he wanted to. I wonder if he genuinely wanted to do Fantastic Four. And this was when Marvel were saying, "Nah, Fantastic Four's done. That doesn't sell." And obviously, Fox have got the movie rights. We don't want to do that anymore. It's done. I wonder. I, I wonder. Well, yeah. And I don't want to beat up on on Marvel or anything, but it just it seems like now it's, it's easy right now, isn't it? They're they're comics. Yeah, it's like kicking a man when he's down. Like, yeah, you can, like, but you shouldn't because you have honor. Um, Except for Connor, because he's gender, they don't know what honor is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's like you guys have all of these properties, and you just seem to be rebooting things just to have a new number one to sell. Like, if you're gonna reboot anything, you you could have led with Fantastic Four. You know, like that's well, the whole point of that Secret Wars that happened. They were central to that. Yeah, and when we, so, when we thought it was, when Legacy was going to be their rebirth, everyone was like, oh, Fantastic Four's going to come back and they're the one shot. That'll yeah. be, you know, they're, they're Wally well, West. Just, but. Yeah, it just sounds like Legacy is just a legacy of numbers. Like, they're just renumbering. Pretty, pretty much. much. So, yeah. you know, but this news, I mean, it's Lemire with a, with a weird team uh, and just based off of his former stuff, that alone makes me want to buy it. And then you throw these characters in who have been missing i mean like, don't get me wrong he he tweeted out a mr terrific photo like a day or two before this and we were all kind of like oh is he doing jsa is it a jsa book yeah. oh, right now obviously we're not ready for that yet but like i'm excited about this because it is a weird team and i like the idea of these characters all getting a chance to like sort of shine a little bit um we were kind of let down with the jla and that weird team so yeah. maybe this this can fill what we were hoping for from that book a little bit which is nice yeah, yeah, and I, I can give Lemire a little bit more leash than Orlando because I'm more familiar with Lemire. So I'll give him a longer range. Of... Yeah, that's it. You've got a bit more history than him. He's definitely been more consistent. As long as he doesn't introduce Lord Havoc again, I'm fine. Yeah. So, Joe, you know, I, I really don't know if it's 
Lemire has come over and gone, hey, they wouldn't let me do Fantastic Four. What can I do? Or if it's DC gone, you know, every, everyone's crying out for There's Fantastic Four. And, and mm. they're going, hey, if you're not going to do it, we'll give it to them. Hey, it could be both. It could be DC had the idea and they're like, oh, hey, Lemire, do you want to come back and do some stuff with us? Because, uh, I mean... Guys, I got a pitch. I just okay. thought about this. Oh, God. Gog is Galactus. So you remember you remember Gog from from that Justice Society arc? He was yeah. like the, yeah. the god from yeah. the third world, and he was all giant. Well, the Terrifics take on Gog. Who's the Who's the like, Doom? Who's the Doctor Doom? Uh, I really want to say Bruce Wayne, but that's not right. <laughs> I just want to say it. <laughs> not Bruce Wayne. Not Bruce Wayne. Um, I don't know because the, the, that's always the thing that I learned about Doctor Doom is it was so personal. Like, it wasn't just, like, he wanted to be bad. It was, like, he just wanted to give the middle finger to Reed Richards. And maybe, maybe it's the original Mr. Terrific, Terry Sloan. Like, that would be a I nice don't know why, little twist. I don't think there's even that much that can, like, I can relate between them. But for some reason, my head went to Vandal Savage. And I don't, I don't yeah, know why. Well, but... he's immortal. He's a conqueror. Yeah. He's a bit full of himself. It's probably the conqueror part, because obviously Doom's got his own yeah. country and all that yeah. nonsense. Just to say, this has my DC motors going, just because it's this is the stuff that was missing during the New Fifty Two, was this type of just fun. Where let's throw a team together. Yeah, you know, I like this. even if it's a proper experimental like, book, isn't it? Where it's yeah. like, hey, this this might not sell. These are a bunch of smaller characters, but we're going to give it to a you know a well respected, well known writer and go. Yeah. Hey, give it a and, shot. And, like, this, and this is what you do as well. By the way, Ivan Reese is uh, the artist as well for the first arc, at least. So yeah. That's fun. But this, this is the thing. Like, if you've got a bunch of smaller characters, characters, how do you elevate them? You know, beyond maybe try to shove them in with the big guys and try to do it that way. Like, you, know, you put them together, make make it a misfit team, and have the team sort of form. And I mean, this could ultimately be something that doesn't last that long. It could be something that we we don't remember that well in a few years' time. But it could also be something like, oh, that's how that started. Like in years yeah. from now, but like, oh, that's how the terrific started. Yeah, I, I get a very JSA vibe. Like when John's reinvigorated them yeah. with with Goyer. Like you took all these characters, are like, oh yeah, Alan Scott's Green Lantern, but not anymore. And Jay Garrick's A Flash and we're going to build them up into like this this pillar. And I don't necessarily think the Terrifics are going to be a pillar. But like imagine when they do bring back Booster Gold and him interacting with these four. Like that's what type of, of thing with the time traveler. Like, oh, you guys aren't supposed to be here. Is that how you judge you know, you any new possible <laughs> book, Matt? You just think, would I like Booster Gold interacting with this new team? Either Booster Gold or the Legion of Superheroes. It's got to be a time traveler. Well, that's the other Maybe Rip Hunter. We mentioned uh, Phantom Girl, obviously, is from Legion of uh-huh. Superheroes, but the, these characters are all like Mr. Terrific's from the GSA, mm-hmm. uh, Metamorpho was from the Outsiders, and Plastic Man yeah. has traditionally been the JLA. So, like, you have like, yeah. all these characters from different teams from the past. It just says the, the teams that kind of don't exist right now. Yeah. Ooh. And it feels like maybe this is they'll, it'll lead to the return of their teams. Uh, I mean, I know JLA is kind of around, and Outsiders is kind of being brought up at the minute, mm-hmm. but not really. They're not really around yet. No, and the Legion, we know that, that Emerald Empress is running around, and Saturn Girls in Arkham, and yeah. Jay Garrick is trapped somewhere. Because That's he it. We, we've we've got bits of all of these teams. Yeah. Like we know variations of them are there, but they're not. Not, not as we remember them. Doomsday Clock. It's so Johnsian. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. we're going to take pieces from all of these other things and we're going to put them together and then 
we're gonna weave like a, a tapestry. Actually, but well, well, I mentioned Doomsday Clock because I actually didn't uh, note this down because it wasn't really news yeah. as such. It was just something he said in the uh, in the panel that he was talking about it. Um, they did basically confirm Manhattan was involved, right? Which is fine because we yep. all we all expecting it. Uh, but he also said just an interesting tidbit that the story of Doomsday Clock takes place a year later in the universe. And mm-hmm. when the final issue of Doomsday Clock ships, because it's 12 issues, when the final issue ships, that's when the rest of the DCU will have caught up time-wise. So the idea is, is that Doomsday Clock's taking place after everything that we're reading in all the other books, but then once we get to the so last it's issue, post, it's caught up. So it's post-metal, and it's post, yeah. you know, it's post yeah. all everything that. else. The, the question is, does everything just jump forward, or does everything kind of, over, over that you know year, so some of those it's, are going to have 12 issues, some of them are going to have yeah. 24 issues, mm. Do they actually just gradually move forward over that year's time? I think so. I, I think so. I think it'll just be a case of you'll get to... They'll finish wherever the arc is just around the end of, you know, Doomsday Clock. And then it'll just be kind of like... Maybe some of them will have nice little teases. Like, you know, maybe Batman will turn around and say, something big is coming. And like that. And it'll basically lead into yeah. Doomsday Clock. So if you, if yeah. you would say rereading like a universe-wide thing... Yeah, you could put Doomsday you, Clock you, after all those trades. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Well, and that fits in with what John's initially said, like that Rebirth was this two-year story, and you you started in October, which was at the you know, what well, the midway point, did we say like eighteen months? Yeah. So by the time it ends, you know you've had this time. Uh, to, are we still just forward. assuming this is single shipping? These twelve issues. I hope I, not. I, I, I'm all right now. <laughs> I, I think it is. It sounded like it was when he was talking about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming so, because Frank, he's not necessarily the, the, yeah. the quickest artist. But, but if he's been working on it time, since yeah. May, then he has until, you know, let's say it takes him three weeks to do an issue. I, you know? I, I, I do think it'll be single, uh, partly because, I mean, looking at the bright side, though, Matt, I mean, we get 12 issues of Gary Frank, Jeff Johns. Oh, no, I know, and, and I'm not complaining about that, but, like, I want it all right now. Like, I get you. I, I feel it, too. It's like, I can have I can have a pancake a month. For a year, or, you could, or I can just right now. Yeah. It, it's the binge model, Pete. Like, I, I, I get you. Although food's probably a bad thing to relate it to because, you, you know, unhealthy. Nothing unhealthy about binging who, comics. Who cares about health? Yeah. Some people do. I mean, I ate $30 worth of Taco Bell last night. Uh, yeah. so. I was going to say Matt's probably the most health conscious one of us here. Like He goes to the gym, he, you know, he, he, he yeah. claims to diet. But then, yeah. then he <laughs> he no, no. To <laughs> I eat spinach salad and roasted turkey all week for lunch. All right, I don't want to hear it. Yeah, but I then, earned that Taco Bell, damn it. <laughs> yeah, but you, you you negated everything you did in the week up to that point. So, yeah, Joel, Matt, Matt's steaks. always going to the gym, right? He's always saying, "Oh, I'm going to the gym today," or "I will record it this time because I'm going to the gym." He's always going to the gym, and I feel like he should look like a tank. I feel like the amount he goes to the gym, I should expect like, Jeff like, Johns to sit there. It's like the kingpin. Just because they're roles doesn't mean they're not strong roles. We've digressed. On this DC news, <laughs> right. So we're talking about Lumiere and the Terrifics. Good stuff. We're excited. Um, yep. It's likely not starting until 2018 at the end of Metal. That's okay, I guess, even though I'm looking forward to it now. Um, we know it's coming, and we went into this weekend expecting kind of nothing. Yeah, we, we thought the, those graphic novel announcements last week were probably all we were Huge. getting. Yeah. Um, so that's coming, but also on Lemire, right? 
Um, he is going to be writing one of the one-shots that are related to metal, um, Hawkman Found, which is coming out mm-hmm. in November, I think, uh, which is a sequel, oh, actually not, maybe January, February, whatever, it's later on in the metal timeline, but it's a sequel to Batman Lost, which is coming out in October, which is the other one-shot that's sort of, well, obviously Batman Lost, Hawkman Found, they clearly kind of yeah. relate to each other. Go um, together. Uh, so he's writing that. Now, he didn't announce anything, right? But he did casually imply that after that, he might be doing a Hawkman ongoing. And we know he loved Hawkman from Justice League United. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he did. So he has familiarity. And there was another blurb that said they're going to touch on the Qatar hole, Carter Hall, that whole... Yeah, that 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 Hawkman film. So, so, they said it being there, didn't they? So, uh, someone, yeah. uh, one of the fans at the the Q and A asked the, asked the question like, is is this the same Hawkman that was in Death of Hawkman? Like, they specifically said that series. They specifically mentioned that, and if it, it just said oh, that'll be that'll be brought up in this issue, yeah. which cool. I, I, I didn't even think they were going to address that. I thought they were just going to kind of like, oh, that's just not that's just you, forget well, about that's it. what they've done for the last fifty years. Exactly. Yeah, you kind of have to. Because they made that that Hawkman with Adam Strange very distinct. So I feel like if you get the Carter Hall guy running around, you know, yeah. you want to know how. Because he he was a skull by the end of that, that you know, series. So. It's true. It was called Death. And before you get mad at me about spoilers, it was called Death of Hawkman, guys. All right, it's in the title. <laughs> yes, Death of Hawkman is in the title. Um... So yeah, so that's cool. That's really good. So Lemire on at least one ongoing book and possibly a second. And I actually kind of, I think it's kind of cool. If they reinvigorate Hawkman and make Hawkman more of a, you know, elevate him from a C-lister to a B-lister at the very least, that would be, that'd yeah, be good. Still, my favourite Hawkman just... moment is, that's not my blood. In, in John's Justice League of America. Yeah. So good. Uh, all right. So next up, I, I don't think we're as enthusiastic. Although this isn't, you know, this, this, this is not as exciting as Lemire doing a new kind of Fantastic Four book. But Duke Thomas, Batman's kind of sidekick, who's not a Robin and he's not really what to be called Lark anymore, and he's we're not really sure what he is. Well, we, we kind of guessed that his name was going to be the Signal based on the the last uh, issues of the Forge casting womp, womp. and whatnot. So he's getting an ongoing book. He's getting Batman the Signal. Uh, Snyder's going to co-write it with uh, Tony Patrick, who's a new up-and-comer. I think I think he's from uh, uh he's from DC's Writers Workshop. So he's he's someone that DC's uh oh yeah, someone up. someone's actually graduated from yeah there. trained themselves. So that's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, it, it, it just says as the Signal, Duke Thomas will differentiate differentiate himself from Batman, Gotham's hero by as Gotham's hero by day. Uh, that's what Snyder said. He's going to be Gotham's hero by day. Uh, which honestly makes me think he's going to be, and I'm not just saying this because he's black, but it does make me think kind of Luke Cage, kind of like out in the streets, like people know who he is. Well, it's, well, it's kind of who he was in We Are Robin, like mm, yeah, yeah. So it, it fits. I just the signal is kind of a dumb name. Uh, like, I can get out of name. I'm not sure how much I really want this book because I don't really care about Duke, but I like the idea of him doing something, you know, something a bit different. Give me Gotham Girl in it too, and I'm, I'm in. Yeah. I can see it. Ho- hopefully, hopefully get a new outfit as well because the yellow one's a bit rough. Um, I obviously I'm not. <laughs> if, he's, in... if he's wearing yellow and taking to the streets of Gotham, he's definitely Luke Cage. Like, <laughs> <That's true. laughs> you gotta change that. Um, 
I mean, yeah, obviously I'm down to try it. Like, I, I, I think the biggest problem here is that we've had a lot of criticisms of Duke because it, it does feel kind of. Yeah, but this is this is why I'm not got such a problem with it. This feels like he's actually got purpose. If he's got yeah. a book, he's going. All right, I'm the hero of the day. I, I, he's got a direction, I, I hope so. which is that's kind of his problem at the minute. He just kind of stands around and does nothing. I I really yeah. hope that when we read this, or maybe by the end of metal as well, depending on what he ends up doing in that. Like I, I really hope we actually start to see more of his, his own character that I'm I'm interested to read in and of himself. Because right mm-hmm. now he's just kind of oh, he's this weird. He's not Robin. Robin. He's not Robin, though. Yeah. 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 Fifth Robin, but well, not Fifth Robin. That's what I just address him as, is, is not Robin. And I, I do like if he is going to be in the day and kind of like all of Batman and his crew take care of the night, I'll, I'll be there. You know, and that could lead to some fun stuff with, like, the, the police, too. Because it's kind of like what they did in Gotham Central, where you had a team of writers doing the day shift and you had another team doing the night shift. And that would be kind of cool to do with, with Batman and his crew. Of Duke on the day shift. I don't know who else would be there, because everyone else kind of lends himself tonight. But I, I do think it would yeah. just be probably Gotham Girl, like I imagine, because mm-hmm. we, we, you know, we already set up that relationship. Yeah. In in Batman, so it makes sense. And again, she's she's inherently probably lends more to the day than the night. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Um. So yeah, here's hoping that'll work out to be something. Uh, Something worth worth reading. Uh, Alright, next up, here's something I don't think anyone was expecting. Grant Morrison showed up at one of the panels uh, at Comic-Con. What? Did he just materialize from nowhere? Because that's how I like to think I he think he did. I, I, I like to think he, he has like a clause in his contract that he, he must always enter through a trapdoor. <laughs> <laughs> so he showed, he showed up. He showed up at the... Uh, I think it was the uh, yeah, it was the publisher's panel. It was, it was just Didio and uh, Jim Lee that were on stage during this one. This was on Thursday. And he showed up and he announced two things. He announced two things that he's doing with DC. They're both graphic novels. They're both going to be, you know, single releases. And one of them was a sequel to Wonder Woman Earth 1. So he's doing a volume two of that. That's good. Cool. I read the first one. I think he mentioned that he was doing a, he he had it planned for a trilogy, right? He he did, yeah. yeah. He said that he sees it as a trilogy. So that that ended up implying that later on, but down the line, we're going to get a third one as well. But yeah, so he's he's doing that. Uh, We've got uh, Paquette's Bark on it as well. Uh, He did art in the first one, so he's back for the second. So cool. That's fine. So that was relatively unexpected, uh, mainly because even when we talked about Green Lantern Earth 1 last week or whenever it was, uh, we said, oh, we, th- we keep thinking that line's dead because it keeps going a long time. And then all of a sudden, so it's weird now we just had two of those announced, you know, back to back. Yeah. But here we go. Yeah. But what we I don't think any of us expected, though, was for him to walk out and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to do a sequel to uh, Arkham Asylum. Yeah, yeah that, was, that, was, it, that was strange. So now I have to go read Arkham Asylum. Which Pete's been telling me to do basically. You've not read it. I've met him. No. Oh, I'll come oh, Every time, every, every time I go to buy it, it's it's always in hardcover, and I don't want to spend the extra money. Like if I can get it in softcover, I know, but it's it's a it's a managing the. the it it was one of the first Batman comics that I read. Me too, actually. Wow. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I think it was when they because they released the fifteenth anniversary edition. Which, yeah, I think that's which, the one I've got as well. Yeah, and obviously it was made in 1989. Yeah, so that had been out for a couple of years when I read it, but that, that was really... It wasn't the first thing I read, but I remember I remember reading that and just being blown away that, holy shit, comics aren't always the exact same thing that I thought they were. Like, yeah. Because it's so different, it's so surreal, it's, it's kind of like... 
I don't want to. St- I was going. To, I was going to phrase it a certain way, but that'll put Matt off reading it. I don't want to do that. Um, do it. Do it. No, no, it's fine. Do you it. it. But it's like it's like constant nightmare fuel. The opening couple of pages of that book, where the Joker's like on the phone to uh, Batman asking him to come into the asylum, is like some of the best setup yes. I have ever yeah. seen. It's it, I think it definitely introduced me to the the horror side of comics in general. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, fant- it's a fantastic story. Uh, the full title is Arkham Asylum, A Serious House on a Serious Earth. It has nothing to do with the video game. Although it's interesting, some people think that, because at the panel, Grant Morrison started talking about the video games and saying how much he liked them, although he threw his controller at the wall a couple of times during the middle too. Uh, uh. But, so so we're getting this, this, this sequel, and he's like, oh yeah, so he's doing it with Chris Burnham. So it's just kind of a shame that McKean's not back to do the art, because the art is... One of the, it's main... one, of the, one of the high points, isn't it? But, yeah. but I feel there's a reason for that. Pro- probably, because it's a very different sequel. Cause it, and this is the uh, interesting thing to me, is that I'm like, why is it being called a sequel to that? So I'm, I'm, I'll speculate about that in a second, but it's going to be set during the Batman 666, that's issue 666, uh, continuity. And if you don't remember that issue, because I didn't remember the number, but as soon as he said that, I'm like, okay, that must be the issue where this happened. Uh, yep. Which is the issue, it's set in the future, like an alternate future where Damian Wayne is Batman. So we're going to have Damian Wayne Batman and a Grant Morrison graphic and novel. And he wears that really cool costume that has like kind of like the trench coat, like yeah. Yeah. collar up on the bat suit. He's got a cat named Alfred. That's like his sole companion in the cave. Like it's it's a really fun read just because it came from out of nowhere. It was just that one issue amongst his R.E.P. run. Yeah. yeah. Was that was that Burnham on, on that issue? I think it was. I think yeah. I want to say it was Cubert back. Let's, let's uh, look this up. No, Burnham did uh, Ink. He, he did Burnham definitely did yeah. Ink. Yeah, and I feel like he did some Batman and Robin with him too. Because I think and that was Sprouse. I don't know. Um, so I remember there was a Knight and Squire part mm. of... So, yeah, it was there. So here's, the, here's the thing, like... I get why he wants to do a, a graphic novel with Damien Batman. Like, I think that's that's cool. Yeah, go ahead, do that. But why is this being titled a sequel to Arkham Asylum? That's that's the interesting part. So the two things, obviously, is a okay. It must be largely about Arkham Asylum, the building. The, you know that must be the setting, largely. And secondly, mm-hmm. I imagine thematically there must be some things that he feels makes this a sequel to that, even if it's not the same continuity. The yeah, same more, more of a, a spiritual sequel yeah, rather sp- than a direct sequel. So that that is curious to me. Like, is this going to be Damien fighting whatever his version of the Joker is in Arkham Asylum? Yeah, because I think Arkham Asylum is essentially Batman versus his demons. Yes, yes. So I feel like this this will probably be that, but for Damien, and it'll be really interesting yeah. to see what Damien's demons are. Which will be interesting as well, because with Batman, we like when you read that book, you understand who Two Face is, who Poison Ivy is, who all these different characters are. Uh, if you don't know the plot of uh, Arkham Asylum, it's basically Joker and the inmates take over the asylum and they have one demand to like free the hostages is that Batman must go inside and be in there with them because they feel that he belongs. Which is just a cool idea in the first place, but he goes in and like, it's, it's, it's this sort of almost Lovecraftian descent into madness as he goes through the asylum. Yeah. Uh, Helped marvellously by the art. So I am very much curious as to what this will end up being. But I am pumped because as much as I am, I'm kind of hitting missing Morrison. Like, you know, sometimes I love what he does, sometimes I don't like what he does. Yeah. Uh, Arkham Asylum is one of my favourite Batman stories, so needless to say, I am I am very interested in what this is going to turn out to be. No dates for either of these, I assume maybe we'll see one next year sometime, but that'd be my guess. 
Yeah, and so I was looking up. It was Hubert, Andy Hubert that cool. did. Yeah, Andy, Andy, or uh, yeah, Andy that had done that story. So Burnham, Burnham did ink, and that's fine. Like they work well together. Cool. But I'm excited for this. Alright, so there's a few other things that cooked out of Comic-Con. Uh, some Young Animal stuff that I'll just go through quickly. Young Animal is now under the same editorial as Vertigo, which is interesting. Um, because it kind of felt like maybe they should have been a part of Vertigo to begin with, to me. But It was, it was under the Batman editors before, right? Yes. Um, as I understand it, the reason why they weren't just Vertigo before, or why they didn't just say this is a new book site of Vertigo, we're reinvigorating Vertigo, is it was all you know behind-the-scenes politics and yeah. whatnot, and stuff like that so but uh so things to point out here uh shade the changing girl and cave carson has a cybernetic eye are going on hiatus uh for i think four months they said uh, which will end in january or maybe they'll be back in february but in january there's going to be a crossover with the rest of the dcu which they're part of uh which will be like the end of phase one or year one of the animal line and then it'll sort of set up the new status quo the cro- crossover itself is going to be four one-shots. They didn't reveal all of them, they just revealed the first one of the four, uh, which is going to be Doom Patrol Justice League, uh, which introduces a character called the Milkman Man. And there's a... The, the covers out for that is a homage. It's Frank Wiley did the cover. And it's a homage to one of his uh, All-Star Superman covers with a Milkman yep. descending from the sky. Because, <laughs> of course, it is. Uh, so you can check out that. Uh... But yeah, so there you go. I think uh, it's interesting these are doing a crossover with the, the main universe as they shift to the Vertigo line. Because yeah. hmm. yeah, obviously before it would have been easier, you'd, you'd have thought with them just being under Batman editorial. Well, I, I think now, technically they're still their own young animal thing. They're, just, they're still their own imprint, yeah. but now the editor, rather than just working within the DC editor group, they've got to work with the Vertigo group editors as well. I don't know. What else are the vertical editors doing right now, though? Anyway, like maybe this is. Uh, they need some work to do. That, that, that is true. Vertigo has kind of shit all right now, doesn't it? I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure yeah, they're I mean, publishing something, but I really can't think of anything off the top of I my mean, head. I mean, they had that Josh Williamson book, Frostbite, that I got the first issue of. But is that still hmm, going? Trade. Yeah, the trade comes out this week, so. But, which I'll probably pick up. But, I mean, yeah, Vertigo kind of lost its way. I almost feel like they only want to keep it as a brand. Is a, why not just replace it with Young Animal? Hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. But hey ho, so uh, that's that's a thing. Uh, we also got a first proper look at the the sort of dark Batman's. Not all of them, but most of them. Uh, they released a nice big uh, sort of two page spread looking sort of pin up of them, um, and they look pretty cool. So that's why to mention that because they look outrageous, uh, but they, they cool. do and. I kind of preferred them when they were just the silhouettes with the symbol. Now I'm like, I have to confront the the reality. This is the weird thing, though. I actually think Bat Doomsday looks the best. <laughs> no, I agree. It looks kind of awesome. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, but uh, in the in the images before, I thought Bat Flash looked fantastic. You know, the the silhouette mm. and just the bits of red. Yeah. But here, I'm like, yeah. That so mask sure. is wonky. Uh, Aqua Bat's a lady, which I don't think we knew before, so that's cool. And she looks like a pirate. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't have Vikings, they'll take pirates. Oh yeah, that's true. All right, so that, that is what I've got uh, noted down from DC Comics. They also, obviously, there was a lot of stuff. Like they had the Young Justice uh, panel, and they they showed yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. they showed the full lineup of all the team. Um, 
Yeah, no one was missing on any of those images. It was Don't great. worry, he was on another image they released, Matt. They released an image of the you know the the original you know the season one lineup yeah. and stuff, and you had Dick there with a with a big beard, and, and oh, Connor good. Kent was there too. Who? Good. Don't you do it? Don't don't bury the lead here. Stephanie Brown is going to be in season hey, three of Young Justice. Yeah, all the spoilers, all the Stephanie Browns. Love it. I'm so excited. It said coming soon, and I know they said 2018 before, so I'm hoping, you know, quite early 2018. Well, it's going to yeah. launch with this uh, streaming service that it's exclusive to, so we'll see yeah. when that's coming. Um, all right, so that is, that was all the, the Comic-Con stuff. Uh, before we get to the few things I want to talk about from solicitors, uh Matt did bring up before the show, and we should probably address this this. Uh, this news or rumor, I guess we'll, we'll classify it as a rumor right now. Uh, but reports are saying that Ben Affleck is looking for a way out of being Batman. And to that, I say, Let beat it. it. See ya. Yeah, I kind of have that opinion. I mean, I don't think he's a horrible choice for the part, but honestly, now all I can think about with him in the role is what he did in BVS. So it kind of taints him. And yeah, it's. I think he could be great. I think he could be really great as Batman, in, in the same way that that Cavill could be a great Superman. Yeah, could if, be. Yeah. yeah, but 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 I also feel he doesn't want to do a different kind of Batman. Yeah. He just wants to be the angry. I'm going to shoot fools that disagree with me, Batman. And yeah, that's, I, I don't mean, think a good look. I, I I remember Kevin Smith talking about how Affleck kind of got him into comics, yeah. and it was with. Dark Knight Returns. That was the one that they kind of started, and th- mm. so I, I get that. That's that's probably like a you know, like he holds that dear because that's where he started. Which I mean, it's it's fine, but like, but it's it's but not like, great for the rest of us, is it? No, no, no. I mean, I came in. Uh, I'll say this is bad because I I came in with the Flash and Teen Titans, and I still constantly hold those books up. But right, exactly. But, but I can still like take like I don't need everyone to be like I don't need every Flash to be Johns' Flash, you know. Like I really enjoyed the the Fastest Man Alive, which was about Bart taking on the mantle, just hmm. fine. But uh, uh, I think, I think yeah. for me, like that that this is actually a good thing because. You know, we're, we're talking about like the post-Snyder era, after Justice League. I mean, Justice League, I mean, we're, we're hearing reports that the, the reshoots are even more extensive than we thought. It's still going to look like a Snyder movie, but I'm wondering how much of the actual final film is going to be what he originally intended. Uh, so... Do you know what? I kind of feel bad for him, though. If You know, you know, after everything he's been through, and he, he's kind of gone, right, you finish mm. this movie for me, I can't do it. If he goes to watch it at the premiere, and he's like, this isn't my movie. As, so, as much as we'll probably yeah. enjoy that, I do feel bad for him for that. Well, I... I do. I mean, he he. Whedon was working with him because he was already on board to rewrite all these mm-hmm. extra scenes. So at the very least, he's not going to. It's not going to catch him by like complete shock, where it's like, yeah. oh, I didn't know about any of this. Um, I mean, he may have been begrudging it at first. I mean, who's to say? I have no idea. That's uh, that's pure speculation. If he did or he didn't, but um, certainly, I think after BVS's reception, I, I think you know the the head honchos at Warner Bros were stepping in and going, right, let's uh, keep an eye on this and that. That was maybe what prompted having other people come in and touching it yeah. up and try to make it better but we keep talking about how there's going to be a post Snyder era and you know Wonder Woman was really good and we're you know Matthew Vaughn and Batman sounds good we're hearing possibly Zemeckis on Flash I mean that might have been debunked by now but there was a lot of good directors lining up for a lot of these movies and it was like oh 
you know, after Snyder's gone, this may actually end up being okay. Reeves on Batman, not Vaughn. Yeah. You got the wrong Matt. Oh, sorry. Said Matthew Vaughn. Oh, Vaughn's on Superman. He was rumoured for Superman. Yeah, Vaughn's rumoured for Superman. Or Justice League beyond that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Director's name Matt, whatever. Like, all the same. Um, So, (laughs) so so let's post-Snyder world, like, Honestly, the idea of having like a different Batman and maybe even a different actor in the Superman role to make it feel different and make it feel free, even though it's still technically connected, may actually help wash the taste away of some of the the worst yeah. elements of the, these. Well, movies. it's just kind of a shame though, because Affleck is a pretty decent actor. Like, he's also you know, pretty old though, which I, I get. There, maybe they're they're worried yeah, there. Yeah, he's, he's like what forty five. Yeah, yeah uh, but like, he's. Well, I think he's going to be. Uh, I think someone pointed out that by the time they, they film Justice League 2, if it still goes roughly to plan, he'll be like pushing 50 by the time that comes out. Yeah. yeah. Which is yeah. fine for yeah. Tony Stark. Like, he's in the suit. It's mostly effects work. He's like, he's, yeah. But for, for Batman, it's kind of weird because he's talking. Yeah, to... and, and it's fine if, the, if they're, you know, like they're properly in shape, but I don't know if Affleck is, or, or at least he hasn't been for a lot, a lot of his life. I mean, he's not out of shape. I would say, he's but... not out of shape, yeah. no. But I don't no. know if he's been, you know, like I, just, the... I don't want that sounds really shaming. He has shaming, his vices, like... you know. What no, I mean? no, 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 yeah. He's, he's and, a pretty. He's a normal looking guy. Is what we're saying, right? He's, he's exactly. Not he's not prick. in and he shape. Got, and he got jacked for for to play Batman and whatnot. That's fine. But I just I, I listened to a podcast with Matt Reeves on it. He was talking about apes, and they they got talking about you know Batman, and he said he wants to do. A, a detective noir Batman story that was more in common with Hitchcock than the current crop of superhero movies. And I think Affleck would fit into that. I just feel like he doesn't... If he can't direct it and like be the guy, I don't think he has an interest in doing I, that. I think him pulling out of uh, writing and directing was the yeah. first sign that he's maybe lost interest. And then th- th- to yep. hear that he's already looking for a way out or Warner Brothers is looking for his exit. And honestly, as far as how they should handle it, uh, don't mention it, just recast them. Done. Like Yeah, uh, yeah but that's not what it's sounding like, is it? Because they're all talking about they want to do like a, a tasteful exit for him, which kind of sounds like they want him to you know, pass the torch rather which, than just be replaced. Don't get me wrong, I want that story at some point. I want I want Bruce to pass the torch to Dick. I really want that story, but I want to care about the Bruce before it happens. But yeah. Uh, but hey, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'll still take it, like, whatever. But it's just weird that, you know, we're gearing up for a Nightwing movie and you may, you may be becoming Batman like, immediately after that, but whatever. Yeah. So uh, I'm, just, I'm just refreshing the news sites to see if we've got anything yet. Oh, uh, keeping keep it on for the, the, for the movie. Yeah, I don't yeah. know when the panel is. Is the panel during us recording? I don't know if it is. Um, but yeah, let's uh, get off the movie stuff then, get back to the comics. Uh, so Just, uh, just oh. quickly, on the Vertigo thing, I had a look. Oh. They have 14 books at the minute. Four of which are minis. Okay, I can yeah. name any of them. So, well, you can, you know, American Vampire counts as one of them. I should point out. Oh, okay, sure, okay, right. If we count yeah. American Vampire, which has not had an issue in whatever. Yeah, long. you got like the, the big ones. American Vampire. They've got uh, Lucifer going again at the minute. Uh, oh, okay. Sh- okay. Sheriffs of Babylon. Okay. Yeah, the, cool. Yeah, but not not that many. But even that's on a break because that's like that's doing the sort of well, niche thing where it's like you know, well cause... according to this that's actually a twelve issue mini and then it'll be another mini when it comes back. Uh, that's what I mean. It's like oh, is it, it's yeah. like multiple minis rather than an ongoing thing. Yeah. Oh, well, it's like seasons of a TV show. Like... Yeah, it's more the dark horse model, isn't it? Oh yeah, there's nothing wrong with yeah. it. It's just uh, no. is it them counting that as their books right now. Just... 
just weird. Anyway, um, so we did have solicits this week. I was a bit more selective. I didn't put all the part ones in. I just put out in the things that were new or stuck out or stuff that we somehow missed. Uh, maybe they were announced. There was at least one that I'm sure we just missed talking about the, the, like a week or two ago. Because um, I vaguely remembered seeing it when I when I popped up. Uh, I did mention Batman Lost earlier. I just want to point out that is coming in... Uh, October uh, was the date on that one? I don't know, I don't have the date written down. But Batman Lost was in the new solicits. The reason why I'm not sure is the October solicits, but a few of these metal things were getting advanced solicited for the start of November. Because uh, the, the, yeah. the, the, the tie-in minis, you know, the, the one-shots with the evil Batman, they, they, were, uh, yeah. they were November issues that were solicited because the October ones had already been solicited in September, so weird. They, they did this last month, though, as well, with yeah. the action and detective. They did, they did. Because uh, again, this month they did they, they solicited three issues of action. They did the just to finish out the arc. They did the first one in November as well for some reason. But um, so yeah, interesting things. Um, so the first physical issue of this is out in uh, October. However, uh, it starts. It's a digital first series which is starting in August. And this was a new announcement this week. And Connor's yeah, smiling because he knows. He I know knows what this is. And I'm excited. Uh, Gotham City Garage, or sorry, for for the, the non UK folk. Gotham City Garage, issue one. There you go. Garage. Uh, yeah. Really, really sit on that A. Garage. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so th- this is an alternate <laughs> universe, of course. Uh, Brian Ching's doing the art, which worries me a little bit because it means he might be off. Super he'll, he'll do some of the art. Hopefully. Don't forget, this is a this is a digital first. I know, weekly. I know, I know. Um, so it's a new series inspired by a DC collectible statue line. So that's a that's a thing. Uh, but yeah, so it's basically the way they've been describing this. It's like Mad Max meets the DC universe. But here's the official description. It's been decades since Governor Lex Luthor turned Gotham City into a modern utopia, saving his people from the devastation that made the rest of the continent a wasteland. So Gotham still functions. So it's basically that means my Judge Dread actually. You've got the one Dredd, mega city, yeah, and then you've got the rest as a wasteland. Mega city one. Uh, but his city isn't a paradise for everyone. If Delexi's network misfires, and citizens wake up and step out of line, the Bat and his minions are brutal in restoring the status quo. So the Bat and his minions seem to be uh, his like an anonymous police force or whatever. Um. So so when young Cara Gordon so. Kara was brought up by the Gordon family. So Supergirl was raised by James Gordon. Yeah, I know. Uh, Whose ride-along tech has never functioned optimally. Rushes headlong into the freescape. She's shocked to find at the Gotham City garage uh, where new friends might become family if she lives long enough. So it sounds like she's like the the main character who... So you've got Supergirl who was raised... I don't know if she has powers, admittedly. It could just be, you know... A regular human. I have no idea. I'm I'm interested to see if she's just a cross between her and Babs. Could be. And then again, I'm saying she's raised by Gordon. For all I know, this is maybe like she's raised by Barbara Gordon. Like maybe Gordon's the grandfather, yeah. and he's long gone. I don't know. So it's kind of vague. Uh, but yeah, you've you've got these characters with weird kind of racer versions of their costumes and their own bikes and cars, and I don't know DC wacky races. Uh, yeah, it sounds kind of insane and so, potentially fun the bombshell series was also based on the the, the statue line because that, that, that came first and the covers yeah, yeah it was the statues then the covers and then we got the the comic and again at the time it was like okay it's based on the statues this is going to be a cheap cash in but it was really good 
so I'm kind of they, they've set the bar now. So I'm hopeful yeah. that this this instead of just being a cheap cash in might actually be something Hon- good. Honestly, like I, I kind of like the idea with this one. I'm, I'm kind of cool for a, a post-apocalyptic Mad Max esque version. I, of the DC I'll be Universe. checking out that at least that first digital when that hits. Yeah, come, come August, I'll, I'll probably check out this, the first one as well. I think I think it's out on a Wednesday because obviously the digital one's kind of a you know no. all days of the week. I think it is a Wednesday that it comes out. Well, whatever you know, week it is yeah. that, that episode will, I'm sure. Especially since it'll be short, because they're like a third of an actual issue. Yeah, they're they're only like ten pages. Yeah. So no. So uh, uh, they seem. To be, I think they're pumping them up quite quick because issue two was also solicited the physical version for October. So it seems like they're going to have a lot. Yeah, uh, to... maybe they might be just playing catch up at the start, so uh, they don't fall too far behind. They do because they, I know Bombshells occasionally double shipped and occasionally did like an annual just to cram some more out, so it wasn't too far behind the digital. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, here's another thing that's happening then in the solicits in October Harley and Ivy meet Betty and Veronica issue 1 by Paul Denny and Mark and Draco yeah uh, Betty and Veronica of course from Archie Comics if you're not familiar with that whole that whole shebang mm-hmm. uh, so free college tuition for all Riverdale students that's the plan after the town drains wetlands that lie between it and Gotham City. Where is Riverdale compared to Gotham City on the map? I'm curious. Across the wetlands. Across the wetlands. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so they build a new campus. Uh, They only snag a certain botany-obsessed supervillain when Poison Ivy enlists her bestie Harley to kidnap both Veronica Lodge, daughter of Riverdale's most important citizen, and her friend Betty, she's counting on some assistance, and then the mayhem that ensues will probably work as well. Joe, I've never read any Archie comics. You know, I watched sure. Riverdale, so, but I've never actually read any mm-hmm. of the comics. But you give me Dini on Harley and Ivy, and it doesn't matter what, what the rest of the book is, I'm going to read well, and, it. And... You have to know about him too. Is that he came up and really loves those classic cartoons, so so by extension Archie comics, yeah. and you just he finally gets to play in that sandbox, and I'm I'm excited to see what he does. Honestly, my only so. concern is DC are throwing too many new books at me that I actually want to read. So that's, <laughs> that's the one issue. Yeah, to read it's them all. such a good problem to have because yeah. I remember, you know, not reading a lot of DC. Oh man, eighteen months ago. Oh yeah, new new fifty two towards the end. It was like, oh, I've got two books a month, not a week, a month. They're just <laughs> to yeah. put that in perspective. Can, can you imagine only having two books a week right now? The podcast would be no. short. I'll tell you that much. It'd be a <laughs> short episode each week. Um, and then finally, the last thing I wanted to point out from the solicits, uh, because I I do remember seeing this pop up a week before, and I must have missed it when I was look, looking through for news for last week's show. Uh, but Ragman's getting a, a, I think it's a mini. I think it's a mini. Uh, Ragman's getting a new book, uh, written by Ray Fox, who I actually really liked his Gotham by Midnight series and the New 52, so I'm somewhat intrigued by this. Uh, The description we've got here, after a failed mission to raid a tomb in the Israeli desert, war veteran Rory Harper is plagued by the death of his partners. As Rory battles his guilt back in Gotham City, he discovers that what was in the tomb has followed him home and it's about to change his life. But as Rory begins his journey, an evil evil is invading Gotham City and it wants what he's discovered. A hero is born in this visionary reimagining of the Ragman mythos by writer Ray Fox and artist Inaki Miranda. Uh, So it's a new origin for Ragman. Which, I guess if they want to use them in something else. It's a reminder. Especially since I feel like most people, even a lot of DC folk, probably haven't read a lot of Ragman. 
No. No. And it's kind of starting to feel like a lot of these minis are leading somewhere. Mm. Like, we know uh, Death of Hawkman. We know where that's going now. The yep. uh, the Captain Atom one feels very much like it was setting something up for the future. So it makes me wonder, yeah. uh, have they got plans for Ragman down the line? Maybe, yeah. Uh, I could see yeah, Magic seems to be at a loss in, in DC right now. So the fact that they, this could be the reintroduction that we need mm, I, outside I, of Constantine. I could see him joining the JLA later. I could see him joining um, the JSA when that launches. I could, you know, I could see Ragman popping up in a lot of different things. Yeah. Uh, if the Terrifics weren't limited to four because we have to give the fiddle finger to uh, Marvel, I could see Ragman join that. <laughs> so, you know. Um, but there you go. That's all the news. That was a lot of news this week. But it's Comic Con, so I guess that makes a lot of sense. So, I guess with that said, we can finally start talking about comics, and the first book we're going to talk about this week is Batman number 27, Tom King writing Clayman uh, on the art, and of course it's not Jaren, but this is kind of the first of two interlude issues uh, where we focus on Kite Man, of all people. You know, who would have thought last year when we got that Kite Man hell yeah joke that we're going to get a whole issue that makes Kite Man a beloved character. The fact that Hell Yeah has now got significance beyond yeah. just being a punchline. Yeah, it has meaning. I'm still going to laugh at it. I still love it that, in that way. But, 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 yeah. but it's changed your perspective on it, hasn't it? Yeah. Yes, because it turns out... Big Hel- time. So the reason why it becomes Kite Man, and the reason because of what this issue is, it's basically the origin of Kite Man. It's why he becomes Kite yeah. Man. And he, he was this guy who... Uh, he, he did aerodynamics and he did some work for supervillains and he gets caught up in the Joker-Riddler war because Batman makes him set up a meeting with the Joker because he knows he can, can get to him because he's worked with him before and then Riddler finds out and he comes and like kidnaps him and makes him do a double cross plan and then Batman finds out about that so he goes back to Batman and sets up a sort of triple cross plan and then the Joker's pissed at him um, and the whole thing sort of goes that way and like it's basically all this tragedy and it ends up that Riddler's actually... And we set up in one of the last issues of this this arc that Riddler is not above going after family members. Like we really set that up with the yep. prison guards, and we see it again here where he's like, "Oh, your husband, your your wife, and your son live here, and you know this is their names and whatnot." And later on, we find out that his son he really loves kites. He sees his son flying a kite, and it turns out the yeah. Riddler poisoned. They put stuff on the the kite rope, which is you know made his son uh, ill. Dark so terrible. It's very it's yeah. very dark. Um, and Kite Man's, you know, distraught about this, and we, we keep hearing like news bulletins about the war going on, and they're debating like, you know, should we pick a side? Should we give arms to one one of the sides so they, they beat yeah. the other, and we can end this war once and for all? And it's as he's got it's like so because the Riddler's the one who's like obviously done this to his son, uh, Kite Man ultimately is going to side with the Joker, and we see him like making a kite, and the reason yeah. why the hell yeah comes into it is because his son said hell yeah while he's flying a kite, and he gave him out of trouble for it. And then later on, after yeah, his, his kid's like what nine, ten? Yeah, something like, like that. Yeah, yeah. And he says that you shouldn't say that; it's not good, and and whatnot. And so, yeah, at the end, at that moment, he goes, "What are you, kite man?" Well, before that, uh, his son says uh-huh. it again. Like he, he brings it up, oh. and he's on the hospital bed, and he says, "Oh, I said yeah. that. I said that <sighs> word again. I know I'm not supposed to." Yeah, because because that was it. The story was that his grandma always said that if you say that, that's where you're gonna go. Yeah. Yeah, and, then, and obviously Kate Man kind of accepts. You know what? I am going to hell. I'm, I'm, I'm becoming a villain to avenge my son. Basically, was the, kind of the ultimate gist of it. And, and it's like, 
Is that any different than Batman becoming a hero to avenge his parents? Like, it's this weird feedback loop. That, it's similar, you know, obviously there's differences, but like it depends. Uh, it depends what Kate Man ultimately is going to end up doing here. Like, how dark is Kate Man? Does, does Kate Man kill people? Does he? Right. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I just mean it's a, it's a nice balance to that. You know, like we see that that Bruce lost his parents, and that was his motivation going forward. And now, Kite Man, who wanted no part, like we see throughout this entire issue. He's he's trying to dodge people. He tries to dodge Batman. He tries to dodge Joker and Riddler, and he just can't seem like it, it. Just it's a microcosm of this war of jokes and riddles that even this guy, you know, random Joe schmo can't stay out of it. And mm. and I like that, and especially with King's, you know, background in this. What was it, the CIA? Yeah, like. It, it kind of speaks to, to other certain world events where you have an uprising of that kind. And do you arm the other side because it's better hmm. that one side takes out the other? Do you try to mediate between the sides? Is there any actual talking? Uh, actually, uh, like, comparing that yeah. to his time in the CIA with those issues is actually a really smart link. I never even thought of that. That's actually yeah. really good. Yeah. It's, it's like when you, when you said the, 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 the feedback loop kind of thing. That's that's very much you know the, those issues that were talking about right. you know arming and it comes back and it's like okay, yeah. it's your own problem then and this is kind it's of what function. yeah yeah R- Riddler has essentially made Kite Man his own problem here. Yeah, I'll tell you what I like about this issue a lot. I, I like that obviously we've got a fill-in artist. They are still pretty good. Those are some really standout moments for me. But I like that despite the fact that it's kind of this like almost tangent, right? It's still very mm-hmm. much about the war joking riddles because it's the effect on someone else. But it also yeah. keeps building to those same themes of like Batman's guilt over everything that was happening and what drove him. Because in this issue, like after Batman, like because he, he promises him, I, I would protect your son, and he's fine, he's safe, and he assures him of that. And then later on, when Kite Man's actually at the hospital with his son, and there's that fantastic panel uh, of Batman, like you can just see like parts of him because the blinds, it's just the, the lines of light as he's standing in the shadows. And even though nothing's being said, you get the guilt. Batman feels partly yeah. responsible. It's it's, for you know, this. it's not just the guilt. You can only see like a little bit of his of his face anyway, because you know, like you say, it's all in the, the lines. But yeah. you can see the the anger. Uh, you know that that he's kind of let someone get caught, but he's angry at himself, not just feeling guilty. He he he, by going to Kite Man first, he initiated this whole line of events, and then he promised he would protect yep. his son, and then he couldn't. He failed to do that. So there's so much like guilt and anger wrapped up in this. And again, as much as this is very much a kind of a tangent issue in terms of the main story, everything thematically still links in with Batman feeling guilty and what what, what does all this drive him to do, which is what he's telling Selina in present day. Yeah. So it's, it's good. It does. And and the panel that really gets me is, is probably my favourite panel of the, of the book. Is uh, It's right after that page, that, that panel that you just mm. said. It's... Uh, you know, uh, Kite Man's sitting on the roof, and Batman stood behind him, and and but he's just got his head down. Like you can tell, he he's just. He's how often do you see Batman with his head down, what, yeah. like that? Mm. Yeah, he, he just he has so nothing bad. to say. He, he he can't. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's nothing he can do or say. He's he's failed, and yeah, he, he tries, but he, he's he's kind of he knows he's just kind of saying the words. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, a, it was a great issue. Also, Kite Man's name being Charles Brown, you know, yeah. that was a, a mm. touch too because Joker brings that up, you know, like, like the comic strip character and whatnot. And yeah, there was, there was 
this issue is full of a lot of good moments, I think, just because it does focus on an average person. Like, yeah, he becomes Kite Man, but up to this, who was he? Like, we just know he was good with aerodynamics, because that's why Joker had initially brought him in. Here's a... You know, was, which, by the way, the fact that Kite Man's good with aerodynamics is just a fantastic <laughs> link. Yeah, in terms of how, sense, doesn't how he's good with these, like, you know, his gliders and whatever else. Yeah. Uh, one of our favorite moments of the book, uh, I'm looking at now, is... When he gets the phone call from Riddler, and Riddler gives him the riddle that basically it's basically revealing that he's done something to his son. Uh, yep. That page is just the kite flying, but then it it falls and it lands in the ground. Crashes. And the, it's as if you know, as if you imagine the panels of the camera, the camera's also tilting as it's doing it. It's a fantastic. It just it it shows you the feeling of what's happening, and the feeling not only of the fact that his son is literally falling dead, but the fact that just like the feeling in Kite Man's stomach churning and like realizing what's happening it's like his world's just falling away from him all of it said with the the kite just falling to the ground it's great yeah. love it uh, also just just the name in general the, the ballad of kite man yeah. what a fantastic name pretty good no? yeah. uh what, what did we think of uh obviously we mentioned art a little bit what did you think of uh man's art here i think it's I solid like it. i think it, he's usually pretty dependable it it works very oh, sequentially but no, what I was saying before my, my brainiac was he, he tells a really good story sequentially because there's those sequences in the bar like where he's just sitting there but everything else is going on around him. Yeah. Like when Batman sneaks up on him and uh, like where, where Clayface comes to pick him up for the Riddler. Like it's all the same. And, and they're it both feels like get, a tracking shot in a movie. Yeah, they're, they're both very similar moments as well where the character's sneaking up behind them. It's almost like He's kind of oblivious, oblivious. to what's going on right yeah. now until he's you know until he's wakened up by this tragedy that happens to him. So right. it's you know he's not paying attention uh, yet. I, I love the uh, the page in between those two that you mentioned, where it, it's just like the the four panels of uh, of Riddler on his face, and it's just him looking up and then looking back down, and it, you really get that sense of motion of him moving his yeah. head. Uh, it was it was a great issue, which uh, it's kind of funny because like as as it starts like oh yeah, this is one of the old issues. All right, expectations lowered a little bit because we're sort of breaking away from the main story. But then by the end of it, it was like oh no, that was actually really good, and yeah. it actually added a lot to the main story despite the fact that it is kind of this this sort of interlude. So yeah, no, uh, great issue, Batman. Great issue. Yeah, very much. That'll take us on to Superman number twenty-seven. Peter J. Tomasi, Patrick Gleason writing, and uh, we got Scott Goodluski on art. And this is an issue where Superman's, you know, he's had, had a lot on his plate recently, and he, he's getting tired to the point where he basically falls out of the sky when he gets home. He's like, oh, yep. man, I'm tired. Uh, he just slumps into bed, still wearing half of his outfit. And Lois decides it's time for us to go on vacation. So she gets an RV, and they're going on a, a road trip across the country to see some of the, the, the landmarks and the sites and sort yep. of rediscover some of the history of the country and all the rest of it. And uh, some fun stuff in here. I will, I will, I do have to critique this issue a little bit, uh, just because I like everything that it does, and I think all of it is absolutely, like, perfect for the character of Superman. There was a point, though, where I felt like, okay, this is a bit much, uh, maybe, maybe just slow down a, a little a, bit. A bit? A bit much? A lot much, okay. Look, because like, we get that great story about the uh, the female soldier who pretended to be a man. Yeah. Uh, back in the Civil War. I was like, okay, this is, this is a good, nice message. I'm learning about something. And I, I vaguely remembered this story, but I couldn't have told you what her name was. I, I probably couldn't tell yeah. you now. Unless well, I, there, I there's plenty of but... them if, if you look into history. And I like yeah. that 
That's why Lois brings it up, because of course yeah. she would. You know, it fits with her character. But Tomasi is a good writer, like mm-hmm. borderline great writer. He doesn't do heavy handed nearly as well as like Benjamin mm-hmm. Percy does. Because, <laughs> because, so that, that, that was good. I, I liked that part of the issue. And then there's the, see the license plate with all the different religious symbols. And then they, they, they teach John about, oh, that means it can all coexist. I'm like, okay, all right, we're getting all, eh, maybe too, too much messaging felt, now. And felt, then, like, felt like filler, though, because she breaks yeah. down, like, the coexist bumper sticker, which is, like, a thing that you see, like, all the time. Do, do you know and, what my problem is? It, with It's kind of John seems like he doesn't know anything all of a sudden. Well, I, I just took that as that he's only used to Hamilton. So, of course, you're not going to see mm-hmm. the coexist bumper stickers because they're all kind of the same sure but so, i think there was, there was a few times in this issue that it was him just asking questions like like asking about graffiti like oh what's that oh that yeah. was a yeah that was a weird moment like, that, I, was, that, I, was, I was like what he's he's, he's 10 not uh, <laughs> he's not four you know. <laughs> yeah because yeah. uh, they're at that statue the memorial statue and it's on one of the soldiers and then they're talking about uh declaration of independence and like uh like oh, the and amendments like, and all that, and it's like, oh, like, but all, all the soldiers they were dying. It's like, and Superman has to explain, no, no, they, they, they also took risks by standing up for their beliefs and blah blah blah. Yeah, and, and, then, and I'm a history nerd. Like, I love American history. I love world history. And I just, I feel there's a better way for Superman to explain it, even to John, even to a son. Like, I, it felt very propaganda. It did. It felt like propaganda. I, I legitimately like, like, especially then we get to the, the last chunk of the issue, which is when the, this army vet who's in a wheelchair, they invite him to dinner, yeah. and like the one, one of the like, the waitress doesn't want to serve him, and then like he gets a job. Like in. that doesn't happen anymore. It's not born on the Fourth of July. Like <laughs> it, it just like it, it was so much. It, it just it felt like. And I, w- I was starting to think, is it just because I'm not American? Like halfway through this issue, no, I'm starting to feel like, not. oh, this is maybe you have a brain. This is just too much, like patting on the back and like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. all of our history should be proud of all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, all of it's fine. It's just, and I don't think there was any single part of it where I disagreed with what you know. It made sense that Superman would have these thoughts and these feelings, and he'd want to teach his son yeah. about all this. Just, but it, it was just so much back to back of all these messages, and it was just like, the, and like the, the part of so you know, stilted though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah when they're saying it, it's rehearsed. Yeah. Exactly. And it doesn't feel natural coming. Like, Lois is a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. She has a much better way with words. Yeah, when, when she says, oh, that's graffiti, it's, you know, when it's done on public property, it's about someone with yeah. a spray can. It's like, yeah. this, this doesn't feel like it's something anyone no. would say. Because you could, you could even, if I was handling that dialogue, you could just go, it's a selfish act. That person only cares about himself and not about history or what it stands for. But no, she gives, like, the dictionary... Yeah. Definition. I am of, good at speak. Yeah. But like the thing that got me was when they have the vet and I'm just like, look, I we do treat our vets very badly sometimes. Like you can go and fight for us, but when you get back it's kinda like, oh well you're on your own. And I feel like if this was the seventies, eighties, like that you can't sit here kind of thing lands. But with the amount of outreach you see on T V towards the vets I don't think, you know, granted, it might happen, but I don't think it's a common thing where they're like, well, they can't come in here because they're homeless and they're missing legs. Like, well, it well, was just... That was kind of my problem. He didn't really look that homeless in this no. in this scene because like, he's, he's clean-shaven. He's with, yeah. with this family. He could be just, you know, like a member of the family is what he looks like. He's not coming right. on his own. We don't. To, it, to, it's like to play we don't serve their kind here. 
to play devil's advocate, it, it seemed to imply to me that they knew him. Like, the people who worked there and, like, seen him around and knew that he was homeless or whatever. Like, not that I'm defending it, I'm just devil's advocate, that yeah. specific point. I just... All right, I just, but to the, be fair... The dude has a wheelchair and crutches. Like, come, he's not a, a typical homeless dude. No, well, you know what I mean? Someone's paying medical bills, is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the thing is, when, when restaurants don't want homeless people around, uh, it's usually because... They look They're bothering scruffy, people. and and they don't want to ruin. They don't want it to ruin their atmosphere and people right. to look at them and go, "Oh, there's a homeless man there." But this guy doesn't look homeless. Like I said, he's clean shaven. Is you know, says hair back. He looks. And, it, and it, he was shot. invited by the Kents. Like he at at this point, he comes in with them. You know, it's not like they saw him outside and were like, "Hey, invite him in." You know, he walks in with them. Yeah. Them not wanting to serve him and wanting to get out felt forced to make a point, and then Ugh. equally forced was the manager coming out at the end and like, oh, I, I want to offer you a job. It was like these are two extremes at opposite ends, and yeah. I just I don't yeah. I don't know the whole thing. Yeah, it felt like what felt like propaganda and it not did. good propaganda. If it felt oh. like it was all message with no story. Yeah, there's there's yeah. all message and yeah, nothing else like. And there's nothing wrong with any of the messages and individually, no. it was just lots and lots of messaging with nothing else. Yeah, the messages are good. Really, it was just really clunky. Yeah, and Tomasi, we know Tomasi's better than that. Like we we've read the good issues, and I just kind of feel since post reborn, he's been in a rough patch. Like trying to integrate all of this type of stuff, just trying to get them to Metropolis. You know, it feels. The, the Black Dawn stuff and uh, what, what was else post reborn was that it? Just that pretty much yeah. Yeah, and that, that was rough too. Like we we talked about that, so I don't know. I just, I hope the next issue is better. That, that's all. Yeah, it's, just, yeah, it's been a little bit rough. Part. It, it's so it's kind of made this, I feel like this arc's going to be a bit of a filler arc now, though. It feels like, you know because it, it's yeah. it's kind of all going to be these one shots in different cities, different monuments. And I feel like they're all going to be, what's the message of this monument? And there's not going to be any actual story, is the my concern. Is, the first thing is, is because they pack so much in this, and then it ends with Superman having to fly off, because, ah, oh, the League yeah. needs them for something. Um, but he does it on, on the off time. Like, John's already in bed. Yeah. So I do appreciate that they're trying to get family time it, in. It, it feels like it's actually wrapped up. I, I, I actually feel like this is a one-shot, except for the fact that it says it's part one of an arc. And four. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Is it yeah. three or four? Sorry? Is it part is it three or four parts? I have no idea. Okay. So if it's three, we might be in for a long haul of just <laughs> really bad dialogue. But if it's four, I can see him it, this gets it out and now we can focus on John and Lois doing like kind of some bonding if Superman's gone. Just cuz we haven't really got to see any of that. Like we know we know, like it's a mother son type thing, but we haven't really seen them by themselves. That's it. It's obviously the 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 last bit of dialogue is is Supes flying off and said he'll be back for breakfast. Promise. And I'm like, okay, so he's not going to be there. Yeah. So, but so uh, uh, are we allowed to have an issue of Superman without Superman? Do, uh, are they going to let I that think happen? So. That's kind of cool. I'd, I'd 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 want that. I'd want it to be you know John and Lois. Like you said, I think that could be interesting. Well, and if they see him in the news, like in the background, like we do one of those type of stories, you know, yeah. oh, he's helping with the league in, in this city, and you just keep getting reports of it, and John being worried, and and Lois has to, you know, that's not why we're here. We're here to get a break. You know, Dad has work to do, though. So, mm. I, do, I don't know. 
I mean, I think Superman by his nature, because because he is this, you know, the Boy Scout, as it were, and he, he is yeah. this this beacon of like pure hope and all that. I think I think there is an element of Superman that has to be a little bit preachy, but this was yeah. like way over a line. To well, just, I don't need a hammer to the head yeah. of it, though. I, I get him having all of those views that he talked about. You know, the, like yeah. all of those. That makes sense. Of course, he has those opinions. But mm-hmm. I feel like, like he, he's a journalist. He can express himself better than that. Yeah. Well, I can accept the Clark Kent kind of stuff because he is kind of farm boy. And yeah, he's smart, but he's kind of down home. Yeah. It's, it's it was the lowest dialogue that bothered me more than anything. And mm-hmm. the John, because he's written John, even in, in Super Sons, where he knows what's going on. He's not, you know... A little yeah, kid. That, that's it. This, this John's been going around with Damien at night. Yeah, he hasn't seen graffiti yeah. before. <laughs> exactly. Well, especially when we talk about Super Sons, especially in that arc that we have going on now, like them going around Metropolis. Ah, yeah, we'll get we'll get to yeah. that, man. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I call bullshit on this issue's John. Yeah. Yeah. So, and by the same guy. That's what's frustrating. <laughs> you know? I know it's it's not even like there's an excuse like, oh, this person just doesn't get it. This yeah. is no. Yeah. Odd. Odd issue of Superman. Uh, yep. It's a shame. But hey ho. Uh, so that'll take us on to Green Arrow number 27. Benjamin Percy writing Jamal Campbell on the art. Uh, so this picks up. Uh, so he goes with. Always with Flash initially. They go to Washington, do a bit of crime scene investigating. Barry's like, alright, I'm going to go test the stuff. Like, you know, in, in the lab. You know, DNA, mm-hmm. chemistry, all that malarkey. So he runs off to do that. And that leaves Oliver in Washington to investigate stuff. And the Nine Circle are basically trying to assassinate people with their sort of fancy tech suit that one of their assassins is in. Yeah. And uh, that that brings them into a sort of Wonder Woman's path. There's some really cool... Actually, probably some of my favourite stuff of this issue is uh, Ollie and Wonder Woman kind of fighting in front of the Washington they're, Monument. Like, see, yeah, see that part banter. where... Yeah, see, see that part where she like, almost skirts them across the water like a stone? Like a skipping stone? Yeah. That, yeah. that, that really cracked me up. <laughs> I thought it was pretty I liked it. Even the sound effect was skish. Yeah. yeah. For that. That was good. That was good. Uh, and obviously, eventually, they end up working together. She puts the lasso on him to make sure that he's not full of shit. Uh, and it turns out he's not. He's actually. He's not, but he's still a jerk in his conversation. Like, his oh, tone yeah. is still so Ollie. And again, so what I talk about with, with Percy versus Tomasi and doing the heavy handedness, this, this issue of Green Arrow is no less heavy handed than anything else we've gotten. But it's the way that Percy writes it and kind of calls calls it out as it's happening that makes it land surer to me. Mm. Uh, I think also it's just the fact that uh, expectations. I've I've come to expect Percy to be heavy-handed, and mm-hmm. I still have a bit of a problem with it, especially in this one when it's you know he's doing the speech in front of the flag. I think that's a bit yeah, it's still yeah, a bit so... heavy-handed. But I kind of expect that from Percy. Now that's just I I go in knowing I'm going to get that. Whereas when we're talking about with the Superman, it's like. No, we can get better than that. Yeah, well, he is. He's a liberal loudmouth. He tells that to Wonder Woman. Yeah, but I, I like, think that, that, that makes it sound like uh, this was no better than Superman, though. And I don't agree. No, with no that. it's it, much it better. Is. It was yeah, just that, that one moment was probably you know on par with the issues I had in Superman. Yeah, but Superman had like six of them. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's true. laughs> so that's your that's your difference. Um, so no, so they eventually stake out the senator's making a speech, and there's an assassination mm-hmm. attempt from the monument, uh, which is fun stuff. Like, the art was pretty decent. I mean, I, th- I think the artist here is, is suffering a little bit because he's up against so many good artists that are usually on this yeah. book. 
Um, yeah. And I think it mostly is okay. I think Wonder Woman looks a little bit funky in a couple of scenes. Uh, Flash looked a little bit funky at the start. I think act- the actual Ar- Green Arrow characters, though, mostly look pretty good. It's the, it's the guest star superheroes that look a bit off to me. Yeah, yeah. So I think what? I think Wonder Woman's all right, but it's the Flash I really don't like. Mm. Ah, mm. yeah, I was feeling that. Bit. That, that very panel? first age. I think Wonder Woman's muscles right. are just a little bit too bulky looking to me. Like, see, see the panel where she grabs the rocket that's uh, come yeah. from the monument. Just look at her shoulder. There's just it's like all these bumps. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It's just a little bit too sort of. Uh, yeah. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. I, I was gonna say the when you're talking about the Green Arrow characters, the Emmy and Black Canary story. Mm. I really enjoyed the art there because when when Canary does her Canary cry, you can like see the sound waves. I thought that was a cool little touch. Yeah, it just as a waveform yeah. instead yeah. of just circles. You know that what, was cool. Do you know what it's I appreciate, cool. actually? I, maybe it's because the lettering and Green Arrow is maybe more distinct, but I, I feel like even though the art's a little bit different, because the colours are the same and because uh, the lettering is the same, it, it does make it feel like it's still part of the same book, and uh, you know, yeah. To, yeah. to a point. Uh, also, have we seen when, when Wonder Woman uses the lasso, the dialogue boxes change colour? Because that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I, I, maybe not the whole box. I've definitely seen an outline on them. Like I've, okay. I think that's what we usually yeah, see. Yeah, I, I think we usually see the yellow outline. Yeah, so usually okay. a yellow outline either outside of the bubble or inside the bubble, depending on okay. where they put it. Yeah, because yeah, because that that really made it stand up or stand up stand out yeah. when when is it's not just that it's that's how you tell he's telling the truth, and like it says like you remember that time you hit on me? He goes yeah, and then you hit back <laughs> like. It was just, he can't, you know, he's being compelled to, to do this. And all like yeah. That. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the senator, the, the save, actually still gets grabbed. Like, uh, the nine's already in their limo. It's the pretty yep. devilish looking sort of finale. Uh, and then the ultimate sort of revelation is that both Barry finds this in the lab and then they find it on the sort of the fancy text mech suit <laughs> that they take the, the assassin down in uh, that LexCorp's involved. So the next issue is all yeah. over going to Metropolis to LexCorp. Uh, and so we will likely see him. Uh, next and and so it's likely though, like because we now now we now know that Lex is on the hero side, so someone within here in Lex cores is working with the Ninth Circle, right? Like, yeah, you don't I think, think it's so. Lex himself? I, I doubt it. I highly doubt it. I feel like it'll but, be so, so one of his lieutenants, if you want to use that yeah, word. I, I'm excited to see Ollie confront Lex. Like that's gonna be a yeah banter like we've never seen. I think. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, the only other way it could be is if, if Lex was in that partnership, you know, when he was more evil. Mm-hmm. Right. And, but so if, this if, is you know, older stuff that they've still got. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but no, I, I liked it because it really upped the stakes of, of the Night Circle and the Burning Men. Like when they, so they assassinate that general because he's kind of like, well, A, he's strategic to get rid of him, you know, to get their way. But he's also calling out like, why are we building this? Like, this is so much wasted money. Yeah, all, all this we weird high-tech oh, shit. We could just drop some old-fashioned yeah. bombs. That works just as well. Yeah. And, yeah. and, of course, that doesn't work in the favor of the Night Circle and what they've done with Star City. So, and then with the, the senator, like, to find out that she's wrapped up with it, too, and then they assassinate her at the end. It's just, I told this to Pete earlier in the week after reading it, it's, it's almost like all the subterfuge, and it's almost like Percy's telling a version of Secret Empire. But, like, it's not having to be this big event. It's just, it's actually happening in the background. It's just, just a story. Hmm. Yeah, and, and I think it, it benefits from that because I think it has a lot in common from what I understand. 
what's going on over there at Old Marvel, but it doesn't have the shock values. It's he's able just to tell the story for what it needs to yeah, be. Yeah, Green Arrow's not a Nazi, so that's that's nice. That, that helps. Or fascist, because I mean that that would be the worst thing for him. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, <laughs> just remember, I did have another problem with uh, one woman's dialogue uh, when she said, "Oh, heroes don't kill." I thought it was a bit strange coming from her. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, I mean, my, my only problem with his dialogue, actually, that one didn't stick out to me. For whatever reason, I don't have a problem with that. Because at least heroes shouldn't... Like, even if she is willing to kill, like, the idea that heroes shouldn't be, like, out of their way to kill or whatever still kind No, no, but it was... it was hero, They don't kill was in bold. Like, she was really putting emphasis on it. And I was like... I don't. I mean, if you told me that coming from one of the... You know, he's going to visit all these other heroes yeah. in this arc. That's the point. Yeah. It didn't feel right coming from Wonder Woman to me. I, I, I can see it. It didn't bother me that. The, the only line that bothered me is yeah, at I one point, either. she makes that quip about, uh, you know, all the shits and arrows, like, oh, faster than speed and bullets, that's the other guy. I, I'm faster than arrows, whatever it was. And I'm like, it feels weird she's referring to Superman as the other guy. That feel that felt out of yeah. place to me. I feel like... like I don't know if... She could have called him Soups. Does Green Arrow, if Green Arrow knows who it is, I would expect her to say Clark. I don't but know. Yeah, but they're, she was but never they're in the public. Yes. Yeah. She's just she's gonna go in soups. I, I don't think she didn't say either. She goes, "Oh, maybe I'm not faster than a speeding bullet, but I'm definitely faster than a speeding arrow." I, she didn't need to say that guy. No, it was just it was guy, it was the other the guy reference. thing that stuck yeah. out to me. It's feeling weird. I didn't feel that she'd because that feels that feels like she doesn't know who it is. It feels like she has never mm-hmm. met him. Like, oh, that, that other she, guy who's in the other city that I've never met. That's what she it sounds like. Was there when his son was born? Like they have a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's um, Aunt Diana, as far as John's concerned. Yeah, that's, that's, so. she's the godmother to to John. Yeah, exactly. And that makes Batman the Godfather, I suppose. Does that, does that mean if something happens yeah. to uh, Lois and Clark that Batman and Wonder Woman have to shack up to look after John? <laughs> no, I think he splits time between yeah, Virginia and Gotham. So, or or know. he's like, oh shit! If I stay at Batman's house, I need to hang out with Damien all day. No, right, okay. I'm, hey, Wonder Woman. I, I I don't think Pete knows how godparents work. Well, it, it, I do. It I'm depends. cracking some jokes. Give me peace. Yeah. <laughs> uh, although I do like the idea of Alfred having a hand in raising John, just because he could turn him into sassy, just like he is, <laughs> to deal with Damien. Like he'd be the perfect foil. So uh, we're missing out on that. I can see it. I can see it. Yeah. Um, all let's right, get let's, some more of that in Super Sons. Let's move mm-hmm. on to Green Lanterns number 27. Sam Humphreys writing Ronan Cliquette on art. This is the... Uh, well, it's kind of the start of the next arc, but it's, it's basically we we had them slung shot across whatever uh, when, you know, Volthum act, tried to activate the ring and Jessica's ring kind of fought back and they ended up somewhere. Uh, so mm-hmm. we find out what they are. They are billions of years ago in, on Earth. Um... I like that we find right. that out later. We do find that yeah. out later, but uh, do I like? I like that, and Simon even points this out that the continents aren't in the right place. I like that they actually thought of that, and because the, the continents used to all be one giant continent, and then they split apart. Pangea. Yeah, which uh, which even I first found that out. By the way, I really love that if you look at the the way they fit together, that they still actually fit together like jigsaw pieces. You can actually look at the the map right now and see if you just went like that and just shifted them around. You can see you can see how Africa fits into like. Is this how I can yeah. tell that North and South America. he doesn't spend his time watching science stuff like I do? No, no I don't. No. I don't. No. I just were just like, yeah, that's that's a well-known yeah. fact, Pete. Yeah, yeah. It's well-known. I didn't know it. It's yeah. pretty well-known. Well, you you know now, even though it's through comic books. To, to, to be fair, I never, well, no, I found it before this, but I, I never, to be fair, I didn't take geography in school. I went with the history. 
But I love this. This is history. Science. It's both. Billions years ago. It's science. 65 million. Yeah. Well, I did chemistry. I didn't do the law sciences. Oh, you are you are definitely a physical science type of guy versus my more biologically driven mindset. Like, you're like, your facts and figures. I did this in, like, <laughs> you know, when you're, like, 10. What do you want me to tell you? It wasn't on the curriculum. What do you want well, from me? Clearly, I've shit. Yeah, but anyways, <laughs> I liked I liked the fact that they set us up like we were on this alien planet, and Ugh. the rings wouldn't work, and we don't know why because they're so far off. And then it's revealed like, oh no, that's because we're back in time. And well, Jessica's ring still works. Us... It just can't communicate with anyone. Yeah, but like you can't locate. Any of the other, you yeah, know but it's still, like, it's still, it's still forming constructs. It's yeah. still functioning in its typical yeah. way. Which I like Jessica's constructs. Like that's the giant cat. The giant, the giant. Well, I mean, to be fair, she's going after birds. She is, right. yeah. But that's what that's what really great. The giant cat to save to save uh, huh. to save. Oh, Sam. Simon, Sam, Simon, who Baz, Simon. that one who has shards in his skin, which I wonder if that's going to play yeah. a role. Going oh, that was forward. pretty good. Do you, do you know those bird monsters though? Those bird monsters reminded me of the Power Rangers movie. You remember the bird? Tengu. Yeah, yeah them and that. I thought that, that yeah, was. Yeah, they, they were you know, like Wizard of Oz, the the, the flying monkeys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what that. the Tengu were based on in that movie. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I see that. So now, giant cat. Uh, props for that. Also, the the, the safety seat with the seat belt uh, for science. Uh, for it's science. Like, what if I drop you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's total Jessica. Like, again, it's Humphreys knowing these characters inside now. Because, of course, Simon would be like, yeah, I don't need a seatbelt. Just like, no, yes, you do. It's not for you. It's for me. That, so, sorry, I just, just reminds me. Something else we got in the news we didn't mention. Is is he not finishing on this book? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tim Seeley's taken over from issue 36, I say. Which, which yeah. I don't mind. I like Seeley a lot, but, you know, I've come to love Humphreys. So. 36, I think. Yeah, because I think we're too close. No, we're too I think 35 is his last issue. Right, there, how's his last that issue? That sounds then, about right. Then Seely's thirty-six. Okay, which is fine because I, I feel like we're we're getting to the end game of what he's been setting up this whole time. So he'll finish his story and then Seely will start. So and we like Seely. Yeah. So that's... Well, Pete, what about the Hell Seed on Earth? Are we just gonna forget oh, about God. that? Please. We can for yeah, sure. Just, yes. just forget about it. Yes, I wanted one of you to deadpan me. Go yes. What Hell Seed? <laughs> You'll do it for Connor Camp, but not for the Hellseed. I am offended. No, the Hellseed, the Hellseed exists. I remember that. <sighs> the difference is, I had legitimately forgotten about the Hellseed until you brought it up. Yeah. Yeah, you can't forget what doesn't exist. <sighs> so, Anyways, uh, so basically, we get the, the White Lantern in, uh, entity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in, so, in so, the so, Earth. so. The ring, Jessica's ring picks up, there's an entity, maybe a white lantern, and they go find it. There's this beautiful, like, sort of lush mountain with life and all that. And then they go inside it, and it's like this lava pit with all these horrible monsters. Uh, but then there's this, this basically the embryo from uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey is like snug. Star Child. Yeah, the Star Child is in, the, uh, in this mountain. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's like the dawn of all life. That's like the sort of where everything comes from. Uh, yeah, it's, it's still forming, though. That, that's how they figure out they're like, you know, 10 billion years in the past. Uh, but then, obviously, the big cliff at the end is that the the seven, what appears to be the seven original Green Lanterns are all coming in to find them because they were back in that time period. Now, of course, we have glossed over the the middle portion of the book yeah. with the I, again. I've not been keeping count. Is this the final of the seven? Yes, I, I don't know. This is the final one. Is this the final one? So we have this AI, this artificial intelligence that comes from an artificial intelligence sort of planet, and it's these two AIs talking to each other in this completely AI world, and they want to find the creator. 
So it's kind of this sort of weird technological religion thing where they want to find whoever made them. So they build a body, a robot body, and I love how like 50s science fiction this robot body looks. It's this ridiculously old school. It's glorious, thing. isn't it? Kind of looks like the Robbie the Robot from Forbidden Planet. Is that the one? Yeah, a little bit. And, and the idea that the, sort of the arms are these sort of like sort of pipe-looking things that came out of like a sort yeah. of dome center. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so there's this robot, and then it's, it's like... And then he's because he can't talk to his other AI buddies when he comes out. He's like depressed. He's like, oh, maybe I should just shut down. So this is basically suicidal. It's a suicidal robot. That's basically what it is. Yeah. And then that's when the green ring comes because he decides to know I have to overcome that fear. And that's when the green ring comes in. He's like, yep. you, you, Mister Robot, welcome to the Green Lantern Corps. Uh, well, I didn't say that because the Green Lantern Corps doesn't exist yet. But you know what I mean. Same difference. You've been chosen. You've been chosen. You are, you are needed. You are needed. Uh, so we, so we end with uh, Jessica and Simon. All these green energies, the deliberately sort of obscure, so it's just these green bulbs of light coming at them. But we assume it's these seven, these seven lanterns coming for them. Well, yeah, there's there's seven of them. Exactly. So uh, that's going to be good. I like that. Like, I, yeah, I'm still digging this story. I, I I dig them try to find their way around this. What feels like the science fiction planet of these monsters and not knowing what's what's going on. Uh, and then we have the the whole Planet of the Apes style twist. That's like, oh, it's, it's Earth all along. So when yeah. when they showed the entity, I was like, wait, is there a new one? Because I remembered like it was dying at the end of of was it Blackest Night or Brightest Day, one of the two. Uh, so I thought, oh, well, we have a new one, and then it's revealed that we're ten, you know, billion years hmm. in the past. So it was a nice little twist there. I, I think it's it's interesting that light like life was born on Earth in this world. Yeah, that's to me. That's a problem because it's ten billion yeah. years. So that meant all no the other life alien life Earth existed. But if that's the case, then why? Where did these other seven come from? Exactly, that's what I was current? thinking. I don't think it can't be the dawn of all life, did. unless there's one on each planet. Ah, uh, yeah, that might be the case. Well, that that might be the case, but I, I just think maybe this is where the life or... entity was born, not life itself. Or, started. yeah, well, it's, it's already existing, so maybe, like, as it exists, there's been life ever since it, it first came to be, whereas here it's still growing, so it's still been around for a what while. If, what if, you know, it says it's it's an embryo, right? Mm. What if, you know, like, all these other planets, you know, have, like, adult ones, and there's, like, ah. a planet as their offspring, essentially. Well, but that's, what if it's it not per planet? Life. What if it's per sector? What if the reason why we have these sectors is because each yeah. sector has one life? Ah, uh, that wouldn't be bad. But that also kind of goes against the different entities because there was one for each. Yeah. One for each of the spectrum. And Necron was the black entity, the life entity, which doesn't have a name. I just was trying to look it up. Oh, true. It but, doesn't like, have a name. Th- think about it, so. though. Like, the reason why the other cores all have their own entity is because they're all split. Whereas the idea that life, I mean, technically, the white always existed because, like, the, the, everything after that has been split up by the Guardians. Like, this is all. We're going to split the, the spectrum of uh, emotions yeah. and all that so maybe life was always around and there's one in each sector and that's why we have sectors and and obviously white is technically it's the most powerful because you know it has access yeah. to everything so maybe another reason it's the most powerful is because there's just more entities there's more of it to tap into yeah could be either way i'm i'm excited to see where this goes with it because oh, yeah. it was nice as tired as i get of all the different uh colors and spectrum and whatnot when it's done well, it really hits that itch yeah. that I do like. And I think this is being done well. Oh, yeah, I'm having fun. I had fun with this sort of, uh, 
you know, dangerous planet, sort of fun adventure stuff. You know, but then, do you know what one of my favorite moments robot? was? You know, when they were going up and they were looking at Earth, you know, mm. like in the past, and uh, Jessica's put a little old, st- old school space helmet on Simon. <laughs> yeah, like you know, like it, it's obviously so he's got some air, but he's, he's, it just looks like one of those glass fish bowls. It's mm. great. No, it's pretty good. Uh, no, I am still digging Green Lanterns. It's just uh, 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 been consistent. Yeah. I think this is one of my favorite issues in a while as well. Like it feels like it's got some direction again. Like I feel it felt for a little bit like it was spinning its wheels until it got to like twenty five. You know, then it kicked up. And then, but then last issue was you know the the, the interlude issue. Yeah. But then here's here's like no here's the here's the story again. I don't know if I feel like it was spinning its wheels. Not for a while. Uh, just for a little bit, like uh, the the you know the the Volthoom stuff was t- you know it was that was kind of going a lot. Uh, I was always there, but it wasn't doing anything. Uh, maybe what you're saying, it wasn't moving forward like it was. Early yeah, on. and it was like you know when when they went to to uh, you know with the rest of the core, it still felt like it was spinning wheels. Nothing was really happening. Oh, I enjoyed that. I, I, I enjoyed that. it, oh. but it felt like it was spinning mm. wheels still a bit to me, whereas plot-wise, it just felt like, no, nothing's really going on yet. It's I just mean, waiting. I don't, th- I don't think that was a, a big deal because it, it didn't last too long. and It felt like it was stuff we had to do with them meeting the yeah, rest of the core. Yeah, it, it was, it was uh, the sort of thing where... I only really felt it as it was it, as it fixed it. I was like, I, it was just starting to feel it. At, at no point, at no point did anything feel like filler, though. So, no, no. I, so. I've enjoyed everything since the Red Lanterns. Yeah, everything, so. everything since like, issue seven uh, has been pretty yeah. consistently solid. Yeah, I don't think especially the Halloween issue, or and, and the cookie making issue. I thought those have been high points. That takes on to Nightwing number 25, Tim Seeley writing, um, and Kai Yu-Jung on art. Uh, so this was the conclusion. This is also a longer issue. This was their, t- you know, issue 25, mm. kind of like the other books last month. That's got a longer page count, dollar extra on the price. So this was the sort of, it was a wrap-up of the arc with a sort of blockbuster, but not in the sense that it was completely conclusive in that it's very much setting up a new status quo where uh-huh. we have this blockbuster as like a crane boss in Bloodhaven, and he even has Tiger Shark uh, sort of as a pet at the at the end of the story here. Um, but it's, it obviously sets up some other stuff as well. Um, some computer wizardry person uh, seemingly kills Giz. Like, he, he looks dead at the end of this. He does, but I don't think they're going to... I hope they don't do that. I think they might have done, because this is... You know, the, the whole point of these issue 25s was having these big things. Yeah. And, and there was some other stuff yeah. in here that was big and you know, game-changing for, for Nightwing. Yeah. But that feels like a... You know, there's blood everywhere. When mm-hmm. when he's lying there, he looks pre- pretty pretty dead. Yeah, pretty shocking. And it also, like, given that Sean also breaks up with Dick in this issue, right? And given that she seems to be going back with Pigeon and that might lead to like a more villainous plot... It wouldn't surprise me if some of these characters from the, this, you know, this group of runaways, actually do break up. Some of them might die, and that whole sort of status quo is kind of shattered through some dark events here. Yeah, because it'll make it feel like this whole, you know, the, the the rehabilitation and you know everything getting better. It was all kind of temporary, and he'll look at this and go, "But, but can it?" Yeah, I, right. I think I think Dick's going to have some really dark 
times in his head right now between being obviously his relationship ending but I think some of these these characters basically you know falling victim to plots around him are going to you know it's going to give him that that Spider-Man guilt <laughs> basically for a while and we can yeah. we can focus on how that how that affects him and stuff uh, basically the whole explosion at the, you know, the end of the last issue which was the big cliffhanger he uses the time vest that was introduced before with that issue with Flash to mm-hmm. um, oh, with Wally specifically Wally Flash uh, he uses that to sort of basically freeze time to get everyone out including himself um, yep. we have some more fun stuff with him Zavoda you know the, the detective uh, she has to give him a, you know a kiss of life and that, that gives him some fun moments where she's like you know joking about still tasting him and she's complaining about all all their relationship and how he's not doing stuff for her and uh, it's a whole thing. I'm really liking the dynamic. I'm liking the fact that unlike Batman with Gordon, this is a cop who kind of hates his guts and is begrudgingly yeah. working with him. It's almost like this. It's almost like Billick working with Batman is as of a yeah. She actually yeah. reminds more of a female Billick than she does anyone else. That's since since she came on, and it's not just the cigars; it's her whole attitude towards it that gets me as Bullock. But. She did feel bad that her her getting defensive about her, her co-workers in the last issue is kind of what led to all this going down. So she actually, you know, she has a little bit of a conscience. She's not yeah, just... Yeah, I think it's just a way of showing that she's not... Because at the time it felt like she was kind of being a bad cop. Yeah. By, by just being so loyal to them. But it, it, here it shows, no, no, she's not a bad cop. She was just caught up in the moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so that's pretty cool. It's just giving her a little bit of depth. And they're, they're really building her up as this, this running character that's going to be here for... Probably the entire run, uh, maybe beyond, uh, in Bloodhaven. So that's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, we had the big breakup. That that was that was the big thing. Yeah. I just, I know they've been having issues, right? But this felt a little just too quick. Like with her being like, "Well, I told you, you need to get your feet under you." So clearly, you don't want to do that. Well, I, yeah, but the way I was, it's not really a about that because she's saying that but it's it's clearly yeah. about you know pigeon being back yeah I, that, I feel like that's what it? it is it's a combination of that it's going back to pigeon it's what's pigeon saying into her ear you know right little birdie in your ear you know that whole thing yeah yeah so but i just it was it was just done if they were going to break up i wanted to be more emotional i guess and it didn't i felt it it was i don't know that. that that panel where he's kneeling on the window you know gonna leave so well, the that. one that got me was yeah, when good. he wakes up and she's not there. Yeah, he's uh, talking about that. Well. Yeah. That that part got me more. Yeah, so his heartbreak over it does feel kind of real, and I am kind of worried about how tragic this is going to get if she is going to go back to her life of crime, and where does that lead? You know, I can almost envision the emotional scene later on with Nightwing trying to talk her down from doing something bad. Yeah, when, when he has to take her out at some point. Yeah. I, uh, I, I this, can, is, this is going to be cruel. I can see bad things. And obviously, again, he's, he's got this new kind of arch nemesis in Blockbuster, who is now this crime boss. That, that scene where Dick goes to the, the casino, the bar, and blockbuster basically taunts him and says oh yeah 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 I'm, I'm the new boss in charge around here and you're actually good for business because you're, you're just going to sell all these weapons because they all want to kill you mm-hmm. uh, and you know dick kind of pushes his buttons by saying oh you're just doing this uh, to prove you're the the better brother and that's when he like he rages out for a second and smashes half the bar with the, the one big mutated arm uh, i thought that was a fun moment I, i'm, I'm kind of liking that they're, they're really sort of building up a uh, a, a cast of villains now that are going to be around for a while. It doesn't just feel like you know one mm. and done's like they've set him up as this new thing, and I, I think this is probably the most I've liked this blockbuster as well since he, he's came back. 
you know, in in this situation, especially when he he's wrestling with the uh, the mutated sharks from other planets that Tiger Sharks got got for him. Dude, when when he opened that up and he had shark tigers, <laughs> I lost it. They're <laughs> amazing, aren't they? Oh man, it's it's up there with Jason Aaron space sharks that he throws in the thing. Like... Uh, I love that. Like, you know, all the all the villains they have a red button that does something, and yeah. his is release the shark tigers. Yeah. You can't call them tiger sharks because that's a real life creature, right? So yeah. like, yeah. these yeah. are shark tigers. He mixed both, like, yeah. Or he yeah, got them from cool. another planet. Was, also, uh, his, uh, his tongue forked. Like, I, I didn't yeah. notice this before. Like, it mm-hmm. looks really red as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's had something done to it. And it does a good job of really selling blockbusters this force because he actually wins this fight. He doesn't cheat. He doesn't use any trickery. He just wins. Nope. He's just oh, man, when he you know he grabs the jaws and rips it apart. Boom, God yeah. damn, that's that's some full on King Kong action right there. Um, and see, I like too that we get more of him because he he, you know, he hulks out for lack of a better term, but he keeps his wits about him. And what I like is that when Dick's at the bar at the end with him, and basically he's like, "Well, you played yourself, man," because I know exactly how to deal with you. And he smashes the barge with just the one arm. Yeah. Like I, I've never seen that before. That was a cool touch. Like he could just do it to certain parts of his body. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and of course he's he's got to take you know the pill to counteract it, so it doesn't happen to the rest of it. You know, or the serum, whatever it is. Because you see him sitting that. At I like the end, as but... he's walking away. Like he's suit, like that that sleeve and mm-hmm. that side of his suit's all it's... ripped, but the rest of it's fine. Like I like that. Image. I, I just, I just like they straightening his tie. It's such a such a yeah. classic moment, isn't it? Yeah, yep. no, I, I'm I'm really liking that they're setting him up as a sort of ongoing sort of menace that Nate has to deal with. He, while he's dealing with other villains and other threats, he's always got this crime boss blockbuster to to worry about. I so. like that he's got uh, a relationship with him in his his life as Dick as well, rather than just as yeah. Nightwing. That's right. He gets a job at the uh, casino undercover yeah. as a as a blackjack dealer, which I thought was a little bit weird. Just why is that for, weird? For a, for a job for a superhero. That's just like, um, I think, yeah. I guess the problem is the hours are from, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's just I, it's, I'm sure it'll play out fine. I was expecting it. It's probably gonna last that long, though. It'll probably just be for a little while while he's dealing. Well, with yeah, him. like yeah. that's not a deal breaker. It's just like, oh, so he's a car dealer now. Cool. Oh, honestly, in the old series when he was work, supposed to be working at the bar and he was still being Nightwing, even that was far fetched. It was like, how do you even have time for? Yeah, any of this but, you can't keep a schedule. Uh, I just like that that Blockbuster's this mob boss, but he's or crime boss, but he's actually Dick's boss, like literally. Yeah, I think that's a nice touch and could be interesting. So yeah, well, and Nightwing had a solid twenty-five. Uh, I liked that a lot. A lot of good stuff in there. Uh, so that'll take us on to Batwoman number five, Margaret Bennett and James Tenney in the fourth writing, Stephanie Hands on art. This was a flashback issue. Sort of telling us the start of the the Sophia Kate relationship story, and mm-hmm. as much as I do miss Epting, I do think Hans for this issue was actually a really good idea. Uh, her style and the colors really give it a sort of sort of dark romance feel to it. It feels very kind of. It has it has that feeling of being in the past as well. Yeah, it just is just the, the the feeling of a almost fairy tale esque kind of like nostalgia of the start of a romance. Kind of yeah, I kind of get that transfer. And one of my favorite things about the art in this actually is 
when there actually is moments of passion, when they kind of lose themselves a little bit. It's a double-page layout when they're on the, they're, they're dancing in the club, and then later on when they actually kiss on the beach, like some of the panels turn red, and it's like, you know, like oh, that's when there's, there's a fire ignited. But then it goes away when like Sophia says, oh, go to bed, Kate. Like she puts a stop to it, and it goes back to the normal colours. Yeah, but when the passion's ignited, the panels are all red, and I, I really like and that. I, I think it, it contrasts really nicely because in the all the other panels, they're mostly quite washed out, pale colours for the backgrounds. Yeah, you, you have a, you have a few exceptions with like sunsets and stuff, but it's mostly quite washed out and pale. Especially in the second half of the book, when it's all, all of them going to this this boat that they'll try to like do this job. Yeah, see, it's all blues. So, it's all those kind of colours. Yeah, it really makes the red stand out. Yeah, which obviously is a big colour for Kate, being, you know, Batwoman. Yeah. Yep. So, no, I like this issue a lot, actually. I, I thought this did a, a really good job of selling the jealousy of Tahani and why she hates Kate so much. You know, is, is that is that moment uh, sort of halfway through the issue or early on the issue when when Sophia, like, the, the maid brings the knife, or the, the bottle of booze, I think it is, and she's like, oh, you, yeah, this was found in Kate's room, she stole this. And Sophia just turns around immediately and says to Hanny, did you plant this in her room? Like, she just immediately suspects that. Yeah. Yeah. And to Hanny doesn't even deny it. She just immediately says, she's only sort of on the wagon because you're, you're sort of blocking her from, you know, having any opportunity to jump off of it. Uh, so, no, I like that. I, I like that, that jealousy right from the start. And this weird kind of mentality, it's like, oh, th- this red devil women's like corrupting our leader's mind we need to assassinate her like that, that whole vibe to it I'm, I'm really digging as well uh, yeah do you know what i thought was really interesting is that almost a tease you know when uh she's she's been drowning and she's kind of she's out of it and you get those red tinted panels but yes. they're not the the full red ones that you were talking about before the final panel on that page is kate in that you know the the soldier uniform we got right back in yeah. the, the the rebirth issue yeah. that was teased there it's her you know pulling a trigger you know that uh, where's that fit into this issue? I I think what that says is this this is kind of the path that like when when we get to that point and we realise what sets her down that path. I think it all starts here. I think because the whole idea here that she she uh, takes that job to go and help with this oil tanker that they want to go out and deal with. Like she yeah. she insists on helping. She insists on going and doing that and being a part of this life with them. Uh, I think maybe that 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 whole near death moment and we see all these other moments. We see her with her sister. We see her all these you know other things. I think that's saying ultimately she was always going down that path, but I mean that's just my my reading on it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that works for me. Matt, you've been very quiet. Did you read this issue? No, it's just it's, <laughs> it's fine. I'm not enjoying it as much as you guys, but not necessarily because it's bad. Hmm. I'm just like the story is just kind of yeah, it, it's fine. You know, I, I I usually read it for the Epting art, and he wasn't there this time, <laughs> so you know, okay. it was the first book I read this week. Uh, so yeah, so I don't have any deep thoughts like you guys do. I'm, you know, the Safia thing is not that it's confusing to me. I just how's this play into the to the twins and their what was their Kali industries? Yeah, and Kali whatnot. Corporation. Yeah, I Kali Corporation. Yeah, no, I, I kind of like that Safia is resistant to it at first, and she, you know, she sh- shoots her down at the, 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 the club. And at the end, after like she goes through this thing where they try to kill her and she tries to protect her and they both survive, they're on the beach and she eventually kisses her. It's like she's finally letting herself like be taken over by Kate. It's almost as much as she keeps talking about, because it's her narrating the issue, which I thought was an interesting point of view as well. Yeah. But she, she talks about how Kate is like, almost infatuated by the danger of like Sophia controlling her and like her being the dominant one. But 
it's almost like at the end she gives herself into her as well. It's, it's this two-way street at the end. Um, so you really get this this sense of passion. It really feels kind of romantic and passionate uh, as a result. Uh, plus, you know, you've got all these beautifully drawn beaches and all the rest of it. It's just kind of... Oh, that, you, know, the, you know, the big wave, that, that double-page spread yeah, of the giant. Yeah. It's just, oh, it's gorgeous. Like I say, I, I think it's really supposed to play into this idea of, like, this is how she remembers this. It's this nostalgic kind of, like, start of a romance where everything's, like, hot and passionate. and Everything's kind of exaggerated as well. Mm. But as I was going to say, your memories are always stronger. You know, they can lie to you. Your memory's not a good... So... Yeah. yeah. And and it works as to why why the things that are washed out are the things that, you know, just aren't quite as important. Like yeah. these background, other stuff there's washed out because it's like yeah, they're, they're faded a little bit. Which is the genius of like, Kate's hair being like bright red is that she always she's always so vibrant and sticks out. Yeah. So it's interesting, yeah. and also I think I think going forward this will this really puts in perspective like what Sophia can do to Kate because like we see like Kate as Sophia points out she follows her around like a cat just she's, she's attached to her like she felt so vulnerable and so sort of obsessed with Sophia so when we see Sophia yeah. later and I'm pretty sure she's going to be a villain like how does what does that do to Kate what, what is it like Kate having to fight her and now be strong and be independent that she is now she's a strong person now it, it's almost like the difference between love and infatuation like is it love like did they have a thing or were they just like just really wrapped up in one another for a short amount of time yeah it was that a summer fling where they were just kind of passionate right. and then yeah I can, I can see that. Uh, mm. But no, I think it sets up a lot of good things just from uh, Kate's character perspective. Uh, and even Sophia. Like just when they meet again in present day and like Kate is now this strong hero, this strong person who fights for herself versus whatever Sophia's become, I think there'll be interesting dynamics because of that. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's Batman number five. I, I liked it a lot. I, I, was, uh, I was into this show. Um, all right, so let's uh, talk about Super Sons, number five, Peter G. Tomasi writing and Jorge Jimenez on the art. Uh, I think this is the best issue of this book so far. Yep, easy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I love the whole idea. Now that it's set up and you have the start where John's like, you know, finishing his dinner and Matt, you, you're making noise. Yeah, yeah, so I was reopening my iPad because I was <laughs> shut, so the case was on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I showed it. Usually I don't. Usually I just keep the screen open. But yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah so, so he's like finishing his He's going out to patrol with Damien. And they're like, oh, make sure you're back by this time. Go go do this. Go do that. Uh, and some, there's some fun jokes. Because uh, he's like, oh, Damien gets to stay all night. Yeah, well, Damien's father uh, gets hit in the head 28 times a night. So that's... <laughs> that the, yeah. D- Damien's dad me. dresses like a bat and gets hit in the head 28 times every night. So uh, maybe not the best argument. Pretty fun, fun line. But I, 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 I love this montage of them getting out. And like the, you know, he's saving a cat. They're stopping jaywalkers. Damien's like putting the fear into the jaywalker that, you, you know... <laughs> and they, they, you know, John's like, we'll have to scare jaywalkers to death. Like, yeah, but he'll never jaywalk again. Like, you never will. <laughs> I, I love that when, when um, John Zeno you know, is holding out the cat and Damien's yeah. just in the background barfing. <laughs> yeah, doing that. Yeah. yeah. And then they're replacing the tire and John's picking up the car and, um, and Damien's putting it on there. Yeah. 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 No, I, I like all of it. It's such a fun montage. And then, then, it, then it, like, again, Damien's superiority thing, that there's Titans business coming up, and then the Teen Titans actually show up. Um, which, by the way, it really made me feel like, cause especially since like John is the youngest and he's only ten years old, it really made yeah. me feel like, wait a minute, Starfire is like, 
like 20 or something like that, right? She looks yeah, double much older. Uh, yeah. But she, she's like, even if she's still a teenager, she's like 18. Because she's, she's, she, she, it's still established that she was in the Titans at some point with Dick in that, right? right? And like she's about their mm. age. Or close yeah. to it. She's older than the rest of them, certainly, right? As, uh, I feel like she's the 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 older cousin that supervises. Because even if she wasn't in know? the team with Dick, they still imply that they dated, which means she's the same yeah. age or close That's enough. That's what I'm saying. Like, she's, yeah. She's in her early twenties, if I had to so, guess. Like, so when she, she she walks off this plane and she's with the others, who all feel older compared to John as well, so it makes sense that he's not in yeah. Teen Titans, even though Damien's been a complete dick about it. The way, you know, yeah. he, he is right, like he's well, not a teenager. Part of yet. Teen at Titans, don't you get, Superboy. Um, like, also, I like the fact that uh, the, the, the first uh, Beast Boy shows up first and he's like, uh, he's a cat and he doesn't realise and then yeah. he just starts talking and John's like, ah! Yeah. That's pretty funny. I can get yeah. Uh, but no, I, that's all good stuff. So you know, John goes off with them, and they, they have these this this batch of villains, and they actually end up in trouble because they come crawling back to John at the end, and they're, they're all yeah. aged up. Damien's like ninety looking or whatever. Yeah. So that, that's that's good fun. Uh, but no, I, my favorite, actually, honestly, my favorite parts. This may have been like John when he goes home and he's like pissed that he didn't get to stay out with the, the Teen mm-hmm. Titans and. You know, even Starfire's like, shouldn't you have asked your friend to come with us? Like, and she's again, it feels almost mum-like. It's like you should have asked your yep. friend to just join us. It does. Kind of thing. I, I think that was just in in Teen Titans. She doesn't look that that much older than all the others. Hmm. So I think here it's much more noticeable. Yeah, it is. But I think she is definitely the oldest. She has to be. Yeah. Just, just compared. She's to just... like, it's like back in Johns's. You had her and Beast Boy and uh, Cyborg as the holdovers. Yeah. For the Young Justice kids, so I just feel like she's that. She's the she's the one to make sure they don't get into too much trouble. Because I always I took that Jackson Aqua Lad is he's a bit older too. Like yeah, he's he only 16, 16, 17. Yeah, yeah, I can so see that. So put that around that. Um, but no. and and Beast Boy himself, he, I mean, he's throwing pool parties. Like yeah. I, mean, I feel like and, Beast Boy is about fourteen. See, I don't know, because he's always just kind of acting like a, a He, he acts older, but he, at least when I say he acts older, he doesn't act mature, but he acts like a, a mature right. 16-year-old, 17-year-old kind yeah. of kid. But I feel like it's an act, like he's yeah. acting like that because because True. that's why he's... Yeah. He, does, yeah. he does look younger, he looks like 14. I'll say he looks. Mm-hmm. He definitely looks that age. Uh, Raven's definitely, what, 15, 16? Yeah. Because yeah. she was in high school and her mini that we never finished. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So, <laughs> like I was saying, my favourite part, though, is that he's back, John's back at the house and he's like... You know, Lois is like, oh, I heard some news stories on on the radio about a couple of yeah. heroes saving cats and stuff. You wouldn't know anything about that, would you? Like her, to- she's total in mum mode. It was, just, it was cracking me yeah, up. She is. Um, and she's like, you know, don't don't stay up, you know. And it, just, it cuts to him, and he's like, you know, falling asleep in the couch with like, you know, food hanging out of his mouth, and it's just. I just, I like, I like the the whole. Well, the Teen Titans go out to do a mission. He goes home, and he's just a kid watching TV. And stuff in his on face. a Friday night. Yeah. That, that was his argument to stay out later. That oh, but it's Friday. I don't even have school tomorrow. Uh, also, John's eating habits have a lot in common with mine. I wish <laughs> I had his metabolism. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, like the food that he's got is he's crashed on the couch, and it's cookies and and crackers, just everything. Nothing but carbs. Yeah, that, was, that, that was the same in in Superman. What was it he wanted to fill yeah. the fridge with? Oh ice yeah, ice cream. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was two things. It was ice cream and something. Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember. But then someone was like, "No, with 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 actual food." Yeah, not not healthy food. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It was. It was like root beer, ice cream, and 
like tacos or something like that, and that was all it was. It was, it was some yeah, some really simple. Again, food. we share <laughs> foodies. Um, the art. It's nice so, having him in as uh, the it, art it was. again. He, like, he wanted. To, he, he wanted. To, he wanted to fill the fridge with iced tea and hot pockets. There you go. Iced I knew it was something pockets. really bad for you. So hot pockets. There you go. Kids <laughs> love hot pockets. I. Uh, up until I was like sixteen, I couldn't get enough of them, and then after that, like I don't think I've touched them. <laughs> I think so. Do you know, there is some things like that where you, you eat a lot of certain thing growing up, and then once uh, you just hit about adult age, you know, when maybe eighteen, maybe a little bit later, maybe when you hit twenty, you just your taste for it just completely goes away. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it just really does. Like for some reason, I I, th- I think when you get older, you appreciate actual food a lot more. Even if you still like like candy and stuff, I think you appreciate like a steak. When you're an adult, I don't think when you're like yeah. 13, you really appreciate that type oh, of food. You want, Even if you like you it, you might like it. You want stuff drizzled in nacho cheese yeah. with yeah. chips, like Taco Bell. Like, <laughs> you take their menu and it's made for 13 year olds. So Matt wants a taco now. I need... can see it in his eyes. <laughs> he's got, he's going for one after this. Um, I'm going to see Dunkirk after this and then I'm going to get food. So, <laughs> you know. You could, get, you could get a taco on the way in. And then after as well. <laughs> no, you can get a taco quite quickly. You just have a taco in the car. That's easy. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, anyway, uh, anyway. But I like the way that he draws the, the difference between Damien and and John. Just like they're in their posture alone. Like yeah. Damien's constantly hunched over like he's ready to sneak away. And John's standing up. Right? I mean, they are their father's sons. So it makes sense. But yeah, Jimenez, right. just, just beyond his cover work, I love his... Inner. The the actual plot with the villains is like whatever. I mean, I I think what yeah. it's do, what it's done to the Titans is good for two reasons. One, it means John has to step up and kind of be the hero for all of them, which will make him feel you know proud. It'll give him like a nice defining moment. And then secondly, it should offer a lot of humor. I can see John cracking a lot of jokes at Damien's expense next issue, and that should be a good oh, blast. Because the next one's called Old Man Damien. Yeah. Old Man Robin. Oh, which, oh, Old, Old Man, Man Robin, Robin. Which I thought. I mean, if, if they're throwing shade at Marvel, which I don't think it's a shade necessarily, but it's a you nice know. reference to it. Yeah. But, but Damien's already crotchety as a thirteen-year-old. <laughs> he is already an old man, isn't he? Yeah. So you you make him. He's essentially Carl from Up now. In in a kid's body. He kind of is. I can see that. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting that none of the others are older. Just just no. him. Uh, I think he caught the blast of it. Yeah. Because yeah. he he takes that dude on who looks. Looks like like all these villains look like villains I've seen before, but he can't quite. Like, I like the, the time uh, guy looks like our man. Yeah, yeah. Like, I like the intro with the clay villain. I like the the, yeah. the the teaser page at the start. I thought that was a nice little build up to whoever that was. Uh, it, it almost sort of devalued it a little bit when it ended up in a team. Like I was kind of just looking forward to this clay yeah. menacing villain, you know, later on. But whatever. Yeah, that's cool. I I, I didn't just that that ending was a bit weird. How they're they're pretty much all unconscious just on the balcony. But yeah. Damien's he he's the old you know, man. Old man Damien covered him. Yeah, he carried them there. Well, yeah, yeah I, I, I assume it's the the time villain that's obviously done this to Damien. Like he he's stole yeah. time from him, and that's yeah. what he's done. So, uh, but no, a lot lot of fun. Uh, like you say, art was good, art was solid throughout. Uh, very expressive. Um, the, the the kids like uh, being mad at each other, or even oh, another little detail I loved. Uh, Lois making John a, a packed lunch for superheroing, super yep. super lunch or whatever it was called, super snack. I think may have been what was written on the bag. Do, do uh, we see him eat it? I can't remember. I think they're sitting on the edge of the building, yeah. and he does. 
Yeah, I'm just gonna try and find that to check. I just, I, I love the idea of him going out and parole, and it's like an arranged thing, and his parents like make him lunch, or well, it's not lunch because yeah. night time, but like you yeah. know, like it's, I just, it's just fun stuff. I'm, I'm digging, I'm digging. Actually, you don't see any of it. So I just double check through and see it. Ow! Oh, damn it! Uh, what I'm <laughs> Sorry, doing guys. is I, I'm just checking through to see if I, can, if I can see any graffiti. <laughs> <laughs> What's Metropolis? I mean, there's some somewhere, surely. I just if they go to Gotham, see. there'll be tons of graffiti. Yeah. Do you think Superman Actually, goes around some... the city? Maybe it does. Look, look on the page with the the Jaywalker. There's some on that alley behind Damien. Is there actually? Is there some? I thought I wasn't sure if that was if that was graffiti or if that was you know lines coming off of Damien being like oh you know. No, no, no. The, the panel underneath that. Oh yeah, I see it. Yeah. No, you're right. There is graffiti. So that 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 shoots my theory. I I thought Superman would go around every night, just do a quick flyby, get rid of all the graffiti. So the heat vision, just a little bit, burn it off. Yeah, sure. yeah. You're right. Yep, that is definitely graffiti. Oh well, Tomasi. I mean, admittedly, the, the, Jimenez could have put that in the background without any direction to yeah. do it. So I mean, it, you may not know about that, but still. Yeah. Damn it, Tomasi. Get it together. St- still calling him out on his shit on that one. <laughs> As well, you should. That'll take us on to Trinity number 11, Francis Manipal doing all the things. Um, so this was the conclusion to this what, three-part story? Uh, I just to say, that he's, there's a couple of other artists on here as well. Oh, is there? Yeah, art by Manipal, Scott Hanna, and Scott Godlewski. Godlewski. Yeah. Um, he did Superman this week. Um, yep. Fair enough. Uh, so th- this was you know, the final of this, this uh, Watchtower... It's a kind of alien invasion thing, big robot to try to stop it from happening. Watchtower's mm-hmm. crashing down to Earth, which we already seen in Justice League a little while ago, which feels weird just so soon. Um, and we have the the team kind of try to stop it. Superman's try to hold it. Wonder Woman try to hold it as well. Uh, my favorite part of it was kind of the conclusion to that, where you actually see like the the landed on top of a Lexcorp building, and the lanterns have like put these big like you know essentially a big scaffolding support things beams to, mm-hmm. to help hold it up um i thought it was an okay issue i didn't i didn't love it it's kind of how i feel about the whole arc where it, it feels like kind of a filler story that's not that important yeah it feels like a showcase for manipul just to do some art stuff I, I really like the the wonder woman stuff at the start you know like her conversing with the the alien yeah, yeah, and she sees it as like a, a life form that's just kind of misunderstood. And I, I mean, ultimately, at the end, it's like let it's allowed to live on Earth near where the White Mercy is, <laughs> outside of Hamilton. I guess. Yeah, like like she's like, hey, you you guys let this evolve and then tried to kill it. It's kind of like you know the whole the classic AI story where yeah. you create the AI and then they, they it goes, oh, it's getting out of control, we should kill it, and then it strikes back. Well, it That's kind of what this feels like. It also sounded like they kept experimenting and they caused it to be the way it is. It wasn't just that it evolved, that like they actually yeah. caused this this sort of turn where it's doing this specific thing. Um, and the reason why this big guy was trying to erase it was because he wanted to erase the fact that his civilization caused this in whatever it was going to do. So it was more yeah. of a, a, a saving face guilt kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I also I love the layout on that Wonder Woman page. It starts the, the double page spread, and it's all the the lasso, and all the panels are kind of weaved in in between where the lasso crosses over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really uh, nice. It was okay. Like I, I've been kind of feeling, like, and I, I've kind of felt this way for most of this book, where 
Um, Manipal's art's obviously really good, but the, the stories haven't exactly been setting my world on fire. Um, it makes it very easy to drop it after this one because next time it's uh, not him anymore. It's back to, I think, was it Bun? And it's the... No, no, it's uh, Rob Williams who's doing it. But it's the, the, the Trinity oh, of Trinities. Trinity. Yeah. yeah. So so that, that's what's coming next. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy not to read the next one. Uh, for the next yeah, arc. I'm out after this. Too. If, if I, comes, I was here for Manipal's art. Yeah, if Manipal comes back, maybe I'll jump back on. Maybe I won't. Uh, Matt didn't read this this week because no. you missed the last one and you're waiting for it. Yep. Um, honestly, I don't have a lot to say. It was kind of it was it was fine. It was an easy um, read, but I, I didn't leave any lasting impressions on. I'm kind of out as much as I love Manipal. I'm kind of out on Trinity because it feels like it's hitting the same stuff as Justice League. It's better than Justice right. League, but it's not really feeling much it's, more of an impact. It's in the, it's in the same state. Yeah. It's kind of just these that, these stories that don't really contribute to anything. Because at least that first arc played with the Black Mercy and all of that and kind of delved deep into who these characters are. This stuff is just sounding like superheroics, and that's fine, you know, but for a, a monthly book... Yeah, and, it's not bad. It's yeah, just... that's pretty much what it is, but it's... Yeah. It's, that's was, the thing. I don't, I don't mind it because it's just Manipal giving himself an excuse to draw stuff. I think because yeah. because we have so many good books that are really doing stuff with the characters, like having a book like this, like sort of tacked on after them all, where it's just an excuse for generic kind of superhero stories. Like that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just mm-hmm. yeah, I don't really need it on top of everything else. Like it's not really doing yeah. anything to stand out. Where I'm like, I need to read that. I think as as far as the just generic superhero stories go, it's up there. It's 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 definitely enjoyable. It looks great. So, but you know, compared to Justice League, which is also the generic superhero stories, whereas that's actually kind of rough. This this is never that. No, it isn't. It's just you know, compared to everything else I'm reading, it just kind of feels. Sup- that's it. Outside of the art, it's nothing special, is it? Yeah, it's just uh, superfluous. Superfluous. It's super. super- Superfluous. Superfluous. Thank you. Superfluous. I was just watching, I was just watching him struggle. I was enjoying that. Superfluous. Superfluous. <laughs> so you and me. Again, Connor has no soul. <sighs> so it's just one of those words I have a tough time with. Just one of those words. I, I will say I really loved the uh, the last panel where you've got... They're all in the civvies and you've got Clark and Diana flying off uh, holding Bruce in the middle. Uh, it's like he's the, their kid. Yeah. Yeah, you're in trouble, Bruce. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it, it's, a, it's a it's a quite a long shot, but I'd have loved to have seen Bruce's face as they were pulling him up like that. Mm, yeah. I need to see this now. Damn it! Funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, I think I think that can wrap us up there. I don't think we have a whole lot to sort of analyze with this. Real one. quick, as you guys were were talking about that, I was checking up on news from Comic Con and the oh breaking news. Officially, we have breaking news. Yeah. It's not nothing that special, but it could mean a lot going forward. Uh, they have given the Flash the official name Flashpoint of the movie. Uh, oh, what? Okay. So, yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, this is how we fix everything. <laughs> Red skies. This, this, this changes do things. It. Also, I, I do have to feel a bit weird, though, that our first Flash movie is Flashpoint. That is really weird. Well, this but... is what happens when you give Zack Snyder the keys <laughs> to the kingdom. He wrecks the car and then tries to replace it. That- do you know what? I bet, the rental. I bet John's is pissed. He's like, I've got to waste Flashpoint this bloody early because of that knob. <laughs> you have to because we already have the, the, the WB-verse, you know? 
we have the CW verse mm-hmm. and and how that plays in. So we've gotten a flashpoint there. I mean, and we're getting a defended flash out of Grant Gustin. So yeah, would I want a better flash movie? Sure. But <sighs> I, I, I don't I know, know if I'd say definitive be Grant Gustin, but certainly solid. I'm just I'm just so glad what else we've got. They've it's either him the- or John Wesley Ship. Like who else have we gotten to play that character? No, no, that's that's fair. Um, Definitive. That's fine. Man, they may actually be fixing things with that. That is. Yep. Oh, I hope so. I I hope the. Oh, potential. That was always the theory with with Batman v Superman, where Bruce has that weird dream yeah. of Barry visiting him. Here's well, a question. Not Barry. Though, that's what I call c- him. C- can we use it to recast the Flash as well? I, they better. It better be a damn ginger actor and it better be Wally. That's all. Oh, no, I wasn't Just necessarily wanting Wally. I, 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 think, I, I think the one problem with that is because it's Flashpoint. I know, Flash I know. Flash has to stay simple. I just, I'm just making a point that I still feel like Ezra Miller's miscast, but we'll see. Me too. Yeah, I'm just looking at what else. They've confirmed that the Batman film is called The Batman. Yeah, and okay. officially confirmed Wonder Woman 2. Not surprising. John's right now. Yeah. yeah, I'm just. I've just got a, something about a, the headline: a huge DC rebirth mystery to be revealed in Action Comics. I'm just seeing if this. Um, Mr. Oz will be uh, the identity of Mr. Oz will be revealed in. Oh, September. we knew that. Yeah, that's what I was just. They said that yesterday. Is anymore? Um. Uh, first, however, readers should look forward to next week's Action Comics for another big twist. Yeah. Also, they released a a cover. For the uh, for action nine eight seven, it's the the S logo made up of bodies, all sorts um, of bodies, uh, and then it just Connor, stop. Office, None of this is news. Yeah, this is just fluff. You're just reading what you see. He's oh, just no. reading everything he sees on the page. <laughs> this is just that fluff. Is... Just shut up. Let's go, man. I got a movie to go watch in seventy this millimeters. This is fluff. Every, everything he has said in the last two minutes has been nothing but fluff. It's a waste of time. It says big, huge rebirth mystery. I thought, oh, this will be something headline worthy. Well, you just read it quietly, and then if it is re- worthy to talk about, then bring it up. Jesus Christ! Same time. It so least, I'm glad you're not here next week. I'm going to enjoy the week off. <laughs> oh, such a nice break. Next week, I forgot about that. <laughs> it's been a long episode. Yeah, Carl's got family visiting next week, so he's missing next week's episode. But I'm glad now because he's he's just causing chaos. He's he's just delaying things and whatnot uh right um so one last book we have uh aquaman number 26 which is dan abnett writing uh and Shevin Sh- cedric cedric's on art i'm going to say his first name uh cedric <laughs> <laughs> so um i caught up with this uh, we of course all covered the first like arc of this way back when it was first uh, obviously coming out uh, last year uh, and you know we felt like it was spinning its wheels. The the whole political angle was starting to feel like it was dragging on, and we we kind of all dropped it. And I I had been tempted a few times to go back in. I'd some of the later arcs looked kind of cool, um, but then the announced Cedric was coming, and they seemed to be making this big push with issue twenty five to sort of reinvigorate it. Uh, so I'm going to talk a little bit issue twenty five as well, just because it obviously leads into this. This is the second part of the arc. Um. I will say I really enjoyed uh, Water or sorry H two point which was the sort of the sequel to the the uh, Dead Water arc, which was just before Rebirth. And if that was Alien, H two point was like the aliens to that story, and it was a lot of fun. That's good. So I I, I dug that. That was right before uh, twenty five. There was that, and then there was two issues setting up 
the 25 arc, uh, and they were okay. Uh, it's not the second one because it felt like it did a lot more stuff to set up the new thing. Anyway, so why is 25, other than the, the fantastically, beautifully done art, like gorgeous, these two issues, absolutely gorgeous, but what makes it interesting? Well, here's the thing. I feel like when it comes to Atlantis, we only ever see like the uh, the war room or you know the, the you know the throne room where they're making decisions, and it's all just talking about Atlantis as this concept of like, oh, the nation of Atlantis, the city of Atlantis. We we need to do this. It's for... basically like setting something in the U.S. but only showing the White House. Exactly, that's what it kind of feels like. Yeah. And Connor's not even paying attention. He's he's looking for more news. He's he's hurt by my opinions. And I wants... wasn't. I was just I was getting excited that it, that Iron Fist season two has a different showrunner. Oh, I might not have to get drunk. Give us a name. I don't know. This is a shambles. Raven Metzner. I feel like I want to. Oh, Oh, Matt, Matt, Matt. your mic. I feel like I want to like somehow block Connor's access to the internet when we're recording, just so he, he can. I was still listening to you. You were going on about how you really like it in Atlantis because it's not just in the throne room, and Matt was saying, "Oh, it's the equivalent of it being in the U.S. just seeing the White House." I was listening. Connor just did what I didn't. That's not why I was complaining about. about I, was... I don't care about, <laughs> and I just paired it back. It's just, yeah. it, it, it's, it's just him, like. Honestly, the reason up... I'm really not paying that much attention is because I started working through Aquaman this week, so I don't want to hear too much because I want to actually. Read I'm not it. complaining, but you not pay attention. Let me finish my goddamn complaint, you ginger, menace piece of shit. I'm complaining because that was very Matt esque. You better calm down. <laughs> Watch your blood pressure, man. It's a. Uh... <laughs> No, it's just he keeps bringing up random news items like in the middle of things. Matt, Matt asked me. Stop it. Do you know how hard it is to timestamp this when there's like random things in the middle of book discussions? Stop it. Stop it right now. Anyway, Aquaman. So, um, yeah, so basically what, what issue 25 did, which is really interesting. So, so at the end of issue 24, Atlantis thinks Aquaman is dead. There's a, there's a thing where Orm, who's been kind of loyal to him throughout the issue, series, uh, basically pledges allegiance to the new king, King Wrath, uh, who's taken over. The council's giving him, uh, you know, command, and we, everyone thinks Aquaman's dead. There's a little bit of a time jump. It's at 25, and Aquaman, and we start to actually learn a bit part of the, the world of Atlantis, because Aquaman's in the Ninth Tride, and the Ninth Tride, to basically put it in perspective, is like the Narrows of Atlantis. It's the shithole section, where there's more crime, all the misfits, the... The, the creatures who have mutations that the rest of Atlantis are racist towards and the criminal underworld, they're all in the Ninth Tried. And Aquaman's down there, he's got his long hair, he's got his beard, and he's basically going around being like Atlantis's Batman, where he's like stopping crime from happening. And like the legend's kind of spreading of the, the Aquaman, who so, most people think he's a myth. Like they think he's just a story that people have been telling, but it's actually it's him. It's so weird because they know. But they don't but know, they know it's him. Arthur Curry was Aquaman. No, they do. Like but the that, king? This is the whole thing that they're using it because they're naming it after the fallen king. Because okay. some of Atlantis does actually miss him. Some some of them do actually did like him. Okay. Um, gotcha. But they're naming it after the fallen king. Uh, so they're calling him the Aquaman. And like you know, King Wrath even points that out. And like when they, when they when he's talking about, it, he's like, oh, they're, they're even using the the surface dweller's name for for him. Uh, but there is speculation. Like this, people just start to speculate: could it actually be him? Could it be the? the is he not dead? Okay. Is, is it you know? Is it Arthur? Um, and he and, and and Mira doesn't know he's alive. Volko, who basically uses some magic down there to try and contact out, because one of the things that's happened uh, at the start of twenty five, end of twenty four, 
is that King Wrath is uh, using the the the, the Atlantis Forbidden Magic, which is uh, something the the Widowhood aren't happy about. Is that he's accessing yeah. all of the magic technology that Atlantis has, and he basically has this this giant wall of thorns that is encased the entire city, so no one from the surface can get in, uh, including Mira, because. Volko gets a message out to Mira to tell her she's, that Arthur's not dead, and that sends her on the warpath back to Atlantis. So all of Mira in this issue is she's at the sort of the edge of this barrier, just using every bit of water magic she has to try and get in and struggling. There's some glorious looking stuff in there, uh, mm. but like Wrath is like, oh, this is good. This is showing the pe- people of Atlantis that no one can get in. Like he's kind of happy about this, right? Although he doesn't know why she's there, even though he's starting to speculate. So, so basically, in the last issue. Uh, Arthur stepped in because the, the 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 king's army was like trying to round up various mutants and sort of misfits, and he stepped in to protect them. And one of them turned out to be Dolphin. Uh, didn't get named until this issue, but it's Dolphin. She doesn't speak. She's got the mutations, and she has her sort of light powers where she like sort of, or uh, you know, she blinds everyone and all the rest of. It. She uses right. that in this issue. Uh, so Arthur in this issue is with her. She takes him to this secret underground kind of like base where her and some other mutants are kind of hanging around. All these misfits. Uh, that the kings are one. We get introduced to uh, Crush, who's like the head of this like sector, the, the ninth trade, um, and his sort of right hand man Cadaver, who has like magic powers, and he's hunting down Arthur because Crush has basically figured out that it might be uh, you know Aquaman, it might be him. So he's like, oh, if we can get him, then King Wrath will be bound towards us if we can like you know use him. Um, so I'm really digging it. What, what I'm loving about it, and beyond just how beautiful it all looks, is I like that it's really given like a bit of character to a part of the Atlantis world. Like, you know, it really feels like, oh, so there's a city in Atlantis. We, we get a sense of the right. neighbourhoods, of the, the, the people who are living down there. And it's not just all this, like, faceless like, population. There's, you know, there's racism in there. There's, like, a hierarchy. There's the upper class. There's the lower class. And, you know, Aquaman's well, they have problems. They're not a utopia. Exactly. You know, and, they uh, want you to think they are. There's debating who should be king. Some of them like Aquaman. Some of them like Wrath, who's, like, the more kind of right right wing nut job who wants to just kill everything that comes near them uh and all, all this stuff where you know where's aquaman obviously wanted diplomacy wanted to like become part of the world again and you know have an alliance with the surface world and so on um but i'm digging it i really like uh, these last two issues uh I, I feel like it's really rejuvenated it feels like it's actually doing something it's not just spinning its wheels and doing stuff that aquaman's been doing for years it feels like it's actually hey. interesting new status quo and um, obviously there's the temptation here that Aquaman might fall for Dolphin we have a bit of a love triangle going I'm hoping it doesn't quite go down that route it doesn't feel like it is yet it feels like so far at least it's more of this uh, camaraderie kind of feeling to it but they might go down that path I'm not sure um, but it looks, it looks gorgeous and I actually I like the world of Atlantis I like how it looks now with this new art like I feel like oh it's fa- fascinating to travel the, the streets if you want to call them that of Atlantis and right. uh, see all this stuff so I, I am really really digging it uh, so yeah, so uh, Cadaver, who's Crush's right hand man, actually beats Aquaman at the end and beats the other mutants. And uh, Crush wants them to bring him in at the end. Uh, it's also worth mentioning that all the people in the Ninth Trade are referred to as the Hadalin, which is kind of like the uh, I guess the scum or the the lowest class yeah. kind of thing. Uh, Joe, you know I was reading because that that was brought up early in the run, mm. like in the stuff that we read mm. before. Yeah, uh, they were saying it literally translates to a uh, bottom feeders. Because they yeah. eat all the scraps that get thrown mm. down from the higher levels, but it's not seen as an insult because they're seen as they're keeping the oceans clean. Yeah, yeah, it kind of it kind of gets used as an insult here though, like the way they kind of like shout it at them, like you had and come, like they definitely see them as lower class. Yeah, 
Mm. There's, there's, there's definitely an element of that to it. It definitely feels that way when they're talking. Well, to and them. I'm sure they they've tried to take that phrase back. You know, they um, have. They kind of use it kind of themselves as kind of like right. you know, camaraderie. There's some commentary that we could yeah. use in this country. You know, like yeah, there's commentary so absolutely. So, so, so also <laughs> when you're talking about the the, the mutants and stuff, I was mm. in Dark Knight Returns vibes. How Bruce goes in to to fight the mutants and their leader. Yeah, although you in know? this case, the mutants here are actually the good characters. They're kind of like the misfits that society yeah. is mistreating. Because uh, that's why I think is the the army in the, the last issue tried to arrest Dolphin because she's a mutant. It's like oh no, it's right. all, it almost had like a you know you're going to the concentration camp kind of kind of vibe to it. Uh, so you know it feels like they're in a dictatorship and like you know Arthur's going to have to build up and like fight back from within and ultimately get get back to uh, power somehow. Uh, but it's really it's, it feels like it's doing something. It feels like it's actually got a, a direction, an aim. It's interesting. It feels like it's building Atlantis its own world. Um, I'm digging it. I actually really like these last two issues. So uh, and then the art definitely elevates it. It's, it's gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. Every, everything's like a painting. It's it's beautiful. So. I, actually, I I thoroughly recommend if you even if you want to just jump in at like twenty five. Although I'd recommend reading maybe the the H two point arc, especially if you read the the Deadwater arc, and maybe at least read the two issues before twenty five. Even though they're not as good, they do set up all of the, you know, contextually they just set up everything up, like the situation we're in now. Um, even though I do like the idea that it starts twenty five where Aquaman like the, the, this this vigilante in Atlantis is kind of a myth. I, I'm I was really right. digging that vibe, so. No, Aquaman. I had back on top form. It's good stuff. I recommend it. All right. I'll probably be there for next month. Cool. Yeah, I'll have someone to talk to next month, hopefully. So, good stuff. So that that is that is an end to our books, which leads us to our favorites of the week. Now, before we do our favorites, uh, I'll do the patrons' favorites from last week. They've got, of course, one of our one of the one of the perks from Patreon is you get to vote each week on what the best books of the week are uh, so let me just have a look here and see what they picked from last week um, their best book from last week um, was in fact Detective Comics so that's what they picked for best book um, whereas at least two of us picked action I don't know if all three of us did I can't remember I don't think that. I think I don't, Cara, I, don't, I don't think that was a unanimous yeah I, I think you picked no, something else I think I, I think I picked something else yeah, yeah I think you I picked Wonder Woman it was Wonder Woman you picked there you go that was what you picked sounds um, about right Best art, however, did go to Wonder Woman, in fact. So, that's a thing. And then best cover, and I think we all picked Flash, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, however, they also picked Wonder Woman for cover. So, uh, so there you go. That was patrons' picks for last week. Uh, the voting for this week on Patreon will be up by the end of the weekend. And then you'll have until we start recording the next episode. And that's when they'll get uh, that's when they'll get announced. So, But what, did, what are we picking for this week? That's a good question. So, uh, as always, we start with best panel. Matt, you got a best panel at the ready? I, yeah. I do, and it's from Batman 27. It's when uh, Clayface comes up behind Kite Man. That's good. And, like, swallows him up and then just keeps walking. Like, you would think, like, we've seen Clayface do some of that type of stuff in Detective. But here, when it's being used for nefarious purposes, it makes it seem that much more sinister. Like, yeah. Could he just get rid of people like this? Like, you know. Hmm. So that was, that was pretty cool. I like that whole sequence because again, it feels like a a tracking shot in a movie where you're just following him out. Yeah, so. no, I I dig it. Uh, Maze is also also from Batman. I mentioned it earlier. It's the one where in the hospital room where Batman's like standing next to the the window with the blinds, mm-hmm. and it's mostly in darkness, but there's just those streaks of light going across him. 
Uh, it's just a very simple cinematic kind of shot with the the darkness and the guilt and everything else like that all sort of feeding into it. Um, it just it was just one of those panels that stuck out to me. It's like, oh damn, that's impressive. Not not only because it looks nice, but just because of the the emotion that it's eliciting and the storytelling. Um, you know, yeah. given its placement and everything else. So, uh, Connor. Um, sticking with Batman. <laughs> Different panel though. Yeah, it is. It's the, the one I mentioned earlier on the on the rooftop with Catman you know, sat over the edge and Batman yeah, stood behind yeah, him. Yeah, it's basically a continuation from the one I picked, so we're both picking something with a similar feeling. Uh, just either yeah. one of those spoke differently to us for whatever reason. So, uh, cool. I expected Connor to pick something from Batwoman with the way that he was going on about uh, it. It was good in there. It was good, it was good but for individual panel, that, that Batman one stands yeah, out. I, I can concur with that. Uh, so, best, best uh, cover. Best covers next. Right, let me look at them because <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just having a skim through. Uh, Connor, best cover of the week. Uh, I'm gonna go with Batwoman for this one. I think. Um, strangely, I haven't picked that many Epting covers, even though they've all been great. They've just been on weeks where there's been something I've preferred more. But this one's kind of similar in style Here, to a lot of the Epting ones. Here's a controversial statement. I don't dislike this cover, but I do think the interior art's better than the cover. Fair enough. I don't know, there's something about the glow for some reason on that cover that just makes it not as amazing to me. Fair enough. I don't know, I I can't even explain it, it's just a feeling. I'll be honest, it was a close pick between that and Batman, but uh, that just edged out for me. Batman's good. I feel like I'm I'm doing too much uh, Jeanne and Batman cover selections recently though uh, so I yeah think, but if they're that good you have to go with them I, I, no like, no I agree I, I do like the cover you know obviously he's picking out the Joker at his, his hand and it's almost like uh, you know he's picking out one of Joker's soldiers kind of like Kite Man so well, I do like it well, yeah but it's also the reverse of the last cover from War Jokes and Riddles where it was a puzzle with yeah. the Joker's mouth yeah, I think that's kind of my biggest problem with that cover is that it doesn't Necess- it doesn't really match up to the issue for me. That's fair. Green Arrow's got a pretty cool cover with the, uh, you know, Green Arrow. Stop the, the variant though. I ended up actually <laughs> buying that twice because oh, I had to make sure I got the Rivik variant and left Green Arrow in there, the regular cover. That's so. That, that's fair. Yeah. I'm even, I'm even tempted to go with Aquaman, but. Aquaman's a pretty good cover too. To be yeah, fair. it's a very nice, very nice uh, Mira uh, yeah. cover. Uh, really good colours, water. Yeah, I'll go with Aquaman. I'm going to give it to Aquaman. Best cover for me, Matt. Mine's Batman. Cause we, already, we already hinted at it. I like. I just like that image of, of the Joker. <laughs> I like how me and Pete were like, yeah, Batman. maybe. And we, we, we were like, we, we debated it. Matt's just like, nah. Here's what I love. Batman. I love that in a week where you know Superman wasn't as hot, and this happened a couple of weeks ago as well, that what you... Batman's cleaning up for Matt. Like, Batman's just... What, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to be... You want me to have no integrity? Like not at all. I just I think it, I just I it's amusing. It's amusing to me. It just shows that yes, I have a bias and I own the bias. But when something like Superman is outright, I didn't like. Like I didn't enjoy reading it. I'm not going to put it at the top. Like yeah, no, I, I do think the Superman cover is pretty good though. It like, is. Oh. It's again not as good as the variant though. That him and his me and me and Connor talked about before recording. It's oh, uh, it's got them as the the marching band. With drums and a fife, it's Lois Clark and John. I'm and not, like, I'm like, not actually. I mean, it looks nice, like it's well drawn, but I'm not actually kidding that cover as an idea. See, I, for what the issue was, I almost would have preferred that because hmm. that is a propaganda image and that's that a propaganda true. comic. So <laughs> that's true. Um, all right, so 
That's Curtis or best art, best art of the week. And this is a fight this week. Jesus. I mean, for me, I've got Cedric and Aquaman. I've got Batwoman with hands. Um, now, there's no Janin on Batman, so that makes it a little bit easier. Oh. does make it a little bit easier. To, to oh, be fair, though, is pretty good. Yeah, to be fair to Man, I think he's definitely had the best sequentials in terms of flow oh, sure. this week. It's very good. It's just not as... Um, it's like, if, if, if we're doing numbers, right? If, if Janin's a 10... I'm not saying he is, but he is, just for the sake of this argument, he's a 10. You know, man's like a solid 8.5. Yeah, I think he he just kind of lacks that wow factor. Yes. Very solid, though. I, I never complained with man on a on a book. Never no, complained. of course not. Um, actually, Super Sons had very good art, actually. That'd probably be the other one that'd be fighting for it. I think, mm. though, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to... Mm. It's between Aquaman and Batwoman. It's, it's tough. They're both fantastic. Um... I'm going to go with Aquaman, because I've got a feeling that Batwoman's going to be represented elsewhere. So, I'm going to go say Aquaman. Uh, glorious, beautiful stuff. Matt? Mine, Super Sons. I already talked about how I miss Jimenez Fair so pick. much. Fair pick. And, and we, we talked about that in the issue, but yeah. Uh, it's it's nice to have him back. I really love yeah, reading fun, these two with his art. Fun and, fun and playful. I, th- I think I think we're Aquaman and Batwoman are different because they're very they're very moody. stylistic they're very stylistic yeah. uh, for comic art whereas Jimenez and Super Sons it's just really good it's fun you know comic book art like just really mm-hmm. but what you think of as comic book looking it looks like a comic book but it yep. really yeah. well done comic book Connor you were right Batwoman is getting represented yeah there. I was right but that's yeah. because I didn't read Aquaman so I don't have to have that debate well this is the funny thing I said it was between three books and uh, they was ended up being the three that were picked oh uh, yeah so that's, yeah. that's quite amusing uh, but there you go so that, that, was our, that was our art of the week that was that was a tough tough choice so top five of the week here we're going to get some top fives I'm going to go to Matt to do his first because I'm, right. I'm most excited about where certain things place on his yeah, so well, number one is going to be Batman. Like, there's no hiding that whatsoever. Uh, number two is Super Sons. Number three is Green Arrow. Four is... Uh, I didn't get this far in my thought process. <laughs> uh, is, I'll go Nightwing. No, Green Lantern's the Nightwing. And that, that means I'm leaving off Superman and Batwoman. Or, Superman didn't which, make it last issue either, did it? No, I saw some couple. I think so. Oh. Yeah, Again, I have a bias, but I still know what's good. Step off, haters. Uh, Connor. Yeah, okay. Um, Batman is, is one. Two, I'll give to Batwoman. Three, Super Sons, Green Lanterns, and then... No. Cool. Um, you know, I'm also going Batman number one. We got unanimous pick. Uh, Batman's go. number one. Hell yeah. I'll also put Batwoman number two. Um, I'll also put Super Sons number three, but then I'm going to put Aquaman at number four. And then in fifth place. Uh, it's either Green Lanterns or Nightwing. I'm just trying to decide which one I. Uh, I think I'll lean towards Green Lanterns this week. I'll say number five, Green Lanterns. I think I think all three of us had that debate there. You know, for me and Matt, it was yeah. well, which way, which way round do they go at four and five? For you, it was which yeah. one makes it in? But we're all like, yeah, Green Lanterns and then Nightwing. Yeah, then... yeah. Um, but we all agreed that basically Superman, Trinity, were 
were left off. Or I mean, Matt didn't read Trinity, but you know, same difference. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> read it, it was left off. See, uh, and, I, and I will say too, I don't know if I mentioned it because it's so long ago now. Because this is a meaty episode. I did like the art in Superman, but the whole story was. Oh yeah, that was fine. Yeah. You know, so I got to give it its positives when I can. But yeah, not not my top five this week. Yeah, that was solid. Um, so there you go. That, that that has been a meaty episode sixty-one of comics from the multiverse. Um, I guess oh, actually I need to tell you what's coming next week. That is the almost. Yes, forgot. you do. I almost forgot to do that. It's been so long this episode that I shame on you. Uh, so what's coming next week? Now, first of all, I don't know if All Star Batman's coming because that's been delayed like by multiple weeks. Is that coming it next is. week? Right, All Star Batman's next week. So that's that's first and foremost. Secondly, we have Action Comics 984, Batgirl number 13, Batman Beyond number 10, Detective Comics 961, The Flash number 27, Hal Jordan, The Green Lantern Corps number 25, Teen Titans number 10, Wonder Woman number 7. We also have Batman The Shadow number 4, uh, which I'm still going to check out. And also coming out next week, although we will not be covering them, is Blue Beetle number 11, Justice League of America number 11, The Hellblazer 12, and Suicide Squad number 22. So there you go. Uh, Real quick, wanted to mention some news from Comic Con. Oh, uh, Jurgens did say he's going to be writing issue 1000 of Action. So exciting. We know he's going to be on for that much longer. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I, and I, there I, were rumors that, that Blue Beetle might be the first Rebirth book to catch the axe. So Somewhat understandable. That. Yeah. I, I mean, I get it. At some point, things are going to be cancelled for low numbers. And if. I, I buy that that's one of the lowest. Especially selling, but... since we're adding more books, and to be fair, they've given a proper chance. If like if it's gotten over a year, it's like well, I mean, they give it a fair yeah. shot. It's not. I don't um, think anyone can complain of that too much. Especially yeah. since they're they're starting to add a lot more books. They've got a whole new line coming out. It makes sense that a few yeah. of the, the smaller books are going to have to maybe start getting cut. Um, yep. which is somewhat good for us because, I mean, we can't have the books inflating and inflating to the point where we're doing I mean, you say that, but none of us will read in Blue Beetle anyway. Okay, that's one example. Well, that... But next time, next time yeah. they may cut something we're reading. Well, it just it just seems like we couldn't go a month without a book being axed during the New 52 era that's right. of some kind. And now it's been, you know, a year plus. Like, we're, we're in, what, 16 months yeah, of yeah. Rebirth? And this is the first time we're hearing about maybe it might get cancelled. So that's good. Let's like it's actually more than first thirteen. Matt. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, the first month of books last year was June, so we're only. <laughs> I was. July. I, yeah. I count so. rebirth in May at the end of May. So yeah, All right, we'll we'll say thirteen. So there you go. Unlucky thirteen. Oh, that's not so. It, good it, for... it it just feels like a lot because we've had twice the amount of issues of most. It does. Of it's actually really yeah. cool that we're already like getting solicitations for like issues thirty three and thirty four books, right. and like, it's just it's kind of insane we're already that high up in the numbers. But good way to catch up. But here know. we go. So there you go. That's what's coming next week. So you can look forward to that. Obviously, if there's any tail end news comes out of uh, Comic Con, we'll have that next week, and whatever else. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you, you know, want to support the show? You have it at patreon.com slash TV. You can get some bonuses over there. You know, get to vote, you get some bonus content, which has been a little bit dry for the last few weeks. Funnily enough, all of the extra books that aren't DC that we do extra videos for, at least so far, have all fell on this week. So, me and Matt will have an Archer video out. Me and Connor will have yep. an Aliens Dead Orbit issue out. Uh, and we might be jumping back onto Power Rangers for this this issue as well. So, yeah. there's definite stuff popping uh, up. Aliens only this week because it got delayed. Yeah, yeah, stuff got delayed. So, um, that stuff's coming for the patrons uh, over the next week or so um, but yeah if you want to go to patreon.com you can check that out there support us you know keep us going make Connor read a book if you want to spend that much like uh, 
one of our, our faithful uh, does. So um, there you go. So that is that. You can also like, subscribe, give us a good review on places and all that kind of thing. Uh, that helps us out. But that is that is pretty much it. So get us on Twitter, mailed underscore fuzz. You can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want channel updates and stuff, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Wibble89. Connor's at ConnorRyan94. Matt's at Matt of Steel 57 You can do all that. Uh, but that, once again, guys, that is us. So thank you very much for watching and or listening. This has been an epic proportions episode. So thank you so much. Oh. Always remember, never get lost in the Speed Force. Long live the Legion. <laughs>